everyone and welcome back to Indie Venture, a video game podcast all about the wonderful world of indie games. The Indie Venture squad is made up of myself, Rachel Watts, and my two lovely co-hosts, Rebecca Jones. Hello. And Liam Richardson. Hey, that's me. That's my name. Hello. Yay! Woo! <laughs> it's episode two. Uh, and as the end of the year draws near, we are tentatively waiting, fingers crossed, for a bunch of indie game releases before the year is out. So this episode, we'll be discussing our most anticipated upcoming indies for the end of the year and some sneak peeks into 2024. And then, as always, we'll end the podcast with chatting chatting about our hyper fixations. So yay, guys. How are you doing? Like we haven't been chatting for an hour already. <laughs> <laughs> I am well, thank you, Rachel. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing I'm I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really <laughs> ill because I've worked in an office for a week mm. and it has made me sicker than I've been in 3 years. Uh, so that's fun. Turns out being around people is is terrible. Office life. I like being in the office. I do like being around people, but it makes you uh I forgot what it was like. To, to be around people in an office environment. As I said to you the other day, shared toilets, not a fan. I've heard multiple people fighting for their lives in there now, and it's just too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nah. Do you have like, but do you have like water cooler chats? And do you get, get like, do you go get coffee with people, or like spend half an hour in the kitchen, like just chatting? Yeah, um, I guess I'm doing a lot of networking, socializing, uh, you know, talking stocks and bonds, uh, talking ties and shirts and you know, Are you office, really? office things. <laughs> No, absolutely not. <laughs> Talking a lot about Magic the Gathering, actually. Yes. <gasps> oh, shit. Might, might just get really into Magic the Gathering. At 31, I might just become a big card-playing <gasps> Okay, guy. but that, have you seen the Doctor Who decks for Magic the Gathering? There are Doctor Who decks for Magic the Gathering, what? They've literally just... Oh. Re- well, because they're, they're doing like a bunch of collabs, right? And do- like Doctor Who's mm, been yeah. like the most recent one. Yeah, loads of collabs. And like... Oh my god! Some of the artwork is really, really good. I was like, "All right, oh, really? I see you." Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've not played Magic for years because it ruined my life and financially ruined me. But um, the Doctor Who decks <laughs> look really good. I was like, "Okay, interesting." I don't know how this opinion will go down with you two, but I, I think Doctor Who's a bit shit, really. Yeah, no, I get that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. How's Rachel taking well, this? This might to describe. It's, yeah, because I liked I liked it when I was a teenager, but uh, okay, I but like I can't do it now. I agree. Post David yeah. Tennant, I think Eccleston and Tennant were great, and then post yeah. was shit. And then I liked before, but then also before was kind of shit. So I was when you said that I was trying to work out like a balance of like right, yeah, okay, but which, which doctors were shit and which were good, and actually, what is the the bigger half? I think, yeah, and I don't know that is. It's like, uh, like ninety five percent of it is pretty unwatchable. It's like no, like if you. I haven't watched. I, I've really dropped off it lately, and like I'm trying to think of a way to describe my relationship with Doctor Who, and I guess the the best way I can think of is to say I enjoy it massively for what it is, but at the points okay. where it tries to be something more than what it is, I get very annoyed very quickly. If that does that Fair. make sense? Yeah, I think there's actually a word for that. It's called Stephen Moffat. Jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh no. Come for me in the comments. Actually, don't, don't please. I'm a very sensitive person. <laughs> don't, uh, well, lucky for you, there's no real <laughs> weird people can come for us yet because oh, we haven't yeah, set anything up. So. Oh yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. I, yeah, I would totally agree with that. 
because like I grew up with Sylvester McCoy like Sylvester McCoy was my doctor when I was like younger and even though he's yeah. like really? the, the goofiest motherfucker ever oh yeah he's like is he but, the celery one uh no yes no. did he have celery I think so he, Did he have some celery in his jacket. Wasn't that Peter Davidson? I'm going to really show my lack of knowledge okay. of classic Who here, and my partner is going to be so annoyed when he listens to this because he loves classic Doctor Who. Tom Baker was Jelly Beans and the big so, stuff. Sylvester yes. McCoy was like um, question mark umbrella question mark like suit. Oh yeah, he did yeah, have the question the, mark umbrella. I'll tell you best. what, and mm-hmm. I will fight this to the death. Ace, okay. his his like um, mm-hmm. second cohort was the actual best person ever. Like, I'm sorry, I love Rosie yeah. Donner and all that. Absolutely not. Having a punk with a baseball bat fighting aliens. There's a there's a gif I'm in love with where she literally takes like the top half of a Dalek off with like the baseball bat and it's the most iconic behaviour I've oh, ever yeah. seen. Oh yeah, Ace is what? amazing. Have you read... Um, Sophie, Sophie Aldred's written a sequel novel about Ace. <gasps> Did not know that. Again, I, I've kind of fallen out of Doctor <laughs> Who, but I would totally read that. Like, she was my yeah, idol when it. I was younger. I bought it for my partner one Christmas because he, yes. he loves Ace. He also yeah, loves Ace, Ace is the best. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever actually watched any Sylvester McCoy episodes, which means that my opinion irrelevant. But <laughs> get used to that, listener. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, but I still feel the need to share it passionately. Yeah, of course I'm I on do. on the internet, yes. so. Yes. But like I don't know, recent Doctor Who is rough, and like you can honestly tell because they're bringing David Tennant back for like those episode specials, mm. and you're like, oh girl. Oh yeah. But, oh, I, yeah. Lakuti as the new Doctor. Do not. The thing is, the casting's always great. The casting's always great, and then it just yeah, mm. it's let down by all other aspects of Doctor. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he looks amazing. The drip. Oh yeah, the drip is I can't impeccable. Wait. I agree. I did have to watch the one scene with Sasha Darwin dancing around as the master to Rasputin by Boney M because that is very relevant to my interests, but I have not otherwise watched Doctor Who in quite a long time. Yeah, no. I don't I just don't think it's been that good for a while. But no. I I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I think that's the general opinion is that like I think people kind of are a bit wishy-washy when it comes to like, oh no, I think it was it was pretty good, like, past Matt Smith as well. But I think the general consensus is 100% Jodie Whittaker got so fucked over, it was unbelievable. She which did. Is the most she saddest did. Oh, they thing did ever. her so dirty. They did. Yeah, yeah so well, everyone absolutely. agrees with that. And then it depends. Yeah. Like, people are, like, Tenon era, Matt Smith era. People kind of get a bit wishy-washy. But ultimately, it's not, it's not great anymore. But hopefully that will change. Welcome to the Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> Oh my god. We're going to watch every single episode of Doctor Who because they're now all on BBC iPlayer. So we can literally do that. We could start. I haven't even thought about Doctor Who in months. I was not prepared to come in and talk about Doctor Who. Yeah, neither. I haven't thought about Doctor Who in years. And then how do we even get here? Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. There we go. Liam. Oh, yes. Liam was getting more and more into Magic the Gathering. And then there's a Doctor Who. Okay, cool. (laughs) You remember we started this episode, Rachel, and you were like, we're going to keep it. (laughs) On schedule, we're gonna. <laughs> well, I've actually I've put aside twenty minutes, and we're coming up Did to you yeah, 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 and we're coming up to like what six, like maybe seventeen, eighteen. Wow. I just remember we have to put a pin in the thing, Rachel. Next time I'm gonna host, I'm yes. gonna make you listen to these goofy facts. That's gonna don't click that link until next episode. Oh so shit! Make you listen to the goofy facts. Should we just do it right now? <laughs> oh, should we do it now? Yeah, we have let's time. do it now if you want. We can we do it now. Let's do it now. No, we're doing it now. Right. Okay, so okay. Um, here's some Set context. The Set the scene. The scene of this is Rebecca has sent 
Rachel a <laughs> cracked article yes. of goofy facts. Um, <laughs> listener, you might be new to these indie venture uh, <laughs> oh, parts, but we used to do a podcast called Indie Discovery and. During the course of that podcast, I think it's fair to say, we learned a lot about ourselves. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yep. We learned about an ob- obsession. Is obsession the right word? An infatuation. Yeah, I think obsession is a bit with... weak for this, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's obsession with uh, famous Disney freak Goofy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're freaks together. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Rachel that. wants to be Goofy's wife. <laughs> or Goofy, maybe. <laughs> Oh, that's too much. That's too nope, much. Nope, that's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca has sent yes. this list of goofy facts that Rachel is now going to read and react to live God. on air. Yeah. Okay. I would just read the headlines and then maybe deep dive on the ones you find interesting because it's a fairly long list. Okay, I will. You'll I'll see the up. ones... You'll see okay. the ones that are meant to be like... All right. The last one is the one you really need it to... It really... Need to right, I'll go to it a bit, though. You need to build to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 15. Some people think that Goofy is a cow. Okay, I don't really see that at all. He's a dog. 14, not a dog? Is Goofy a dog or not? No, he is a dog. Okay, next. They, okay, we gotta, we gotta hurry these up. Okay. <laughs> Origin of Goofy. Yeah. Bit too long, can't be asked. Uh, when <laughs> when Art Babbitt first met Goofy. Oh, is that one of the animators? Okay, cool, cute. I think that's the, the voice actor. Oh, is it the voice actor? Yeah. Okay, voice dialogue. I mean, the one thing about Goofy is his voice, so that's actually generally really interesting, so let's go. Did you tuck your hair behind your ear when you said that? Yeah, maybe. Oh my God, I mean, tuck. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a goof with a different name. He became the working everyman, and even getting himself a new name. George Jeef! <laughs> George... <laughs> What? I didn't read this other than the last one. What do you mean, George? What are you? What? His name is George Geef. Geef. Getting himself a new name. George Geef. That's when Goofy went into witness. He was married to a human woman and had a son, George Jr. Who didn't have dog ears. I've got to watch this video. It was called Father's Day. What the fuck? Fuck. Okay, okay, we gotta keep going. That's quite interesting keep going. though. I don't know why he's called George though. What the fuck? The theory that Goofy <laughs> accidentally killed his wife. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> In the 1990s cartoon Goof Troop, Goofy is portrayed as a single father with son Max. Yep, 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 yep. The show suggested that Max's mum died because his dad wants to get the perfect picture on the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Goofy sadly remembers a summer vacation when he lost the missus in the Grand Canyon. Seems he was taking a picture by the canyon where he asked her to step back a little further, hon. Of course, the last thing he heard was the little woman's, oh, she disappeared from sight. Goofy, no. Your boyfriend's a murderer, man. My husband is a murderer. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, Absolutely great. perfect. This was what yeah. I hoped wow, for. Wow, what this. a this wild so ride. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm the third wife in Goofy's weird well, history of. <laughs> was the human wife the one he murdered? Or was it. It's, there are more <gasps> questions than answers. Okay, this needs further investigation. I also need to properly read all these goof facts. Also, I've not looked at cracked.com in like a decade. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that as well, actually. I still yeah. follow them on Twitter, so occasionally I'll get like a 
an interesting looking article wow. that just happened to come up the other day. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, what wow. a roller coaster. Thank you, Rebecca. I can't get over George Geef. George Geef is so cursed. George Geef? Geef? It was G double E F. I don't know if I like that. I, no, I, don't, I don't know think if I, I like, like that. George Geef. No. Yeah. No. Anyway. <laughs> So the thing that I got to thinking about when we decided to to do an episode along this sort of theme was that games that get released in kind of Q4, especially indie games, get really mm. lost in the shuffle with things like Game of the Year voting and just all the, you know, the, the wrap up, everything releasing for the Christmas, AAA's release for Christmas launch and, and just things get so lost. So I wanted to draw a bit of attention to some cool games that are coming out or have come out recently, sort of end of September to actually September, October are the, the ones I, I've chosen, but... My idea mm-hmm. was to highlight games that are coming out in the last quarter of the year um, that people might miss uh, just because there's so much going on at this time of year. And I would hate for people to miss them because they look really, really cool. So I'm just going to quickly go through some games, some indies I'm still excited for uh, for the rest of the oh, year. Yeah. The first of which is Underground Blossom, which is the... Ooh. I want to yeah. say... Keyboard sounds incoming, <laughs> listeners. From I know, literally. Rachel. I want to say oh, the 17th, Rusty Lake. It is a rusty, rusty lake game. Lake. Um, they tend to bring out a new one every year or two because they're they're very short, very short games. But they are they are really brilliant. I don't know if I've actually like rusty lake games are just constantly ticking away in the background for me. But I don't know if I've ever mentioned them on a podcast before. Actually, at least you have more than a in few passing. times. But yeah, it's always been sort of in passing. So do you want to just give like a brief overview of what the rusty lake series is? So rusty lake started um, it used to be called Cube Escape. They've sort of like soft changed the name at some point but the early games are called cube escape so the idea is they like digital escape rooms like they used to be these be flash games right they started off as these in browser games they take about half an hour or so to complete and you're just doing escape the room stuff in them but the cool thing about the rusty lake series was that they were all telling this like ludicrously interconnected narrative so you're seeing little tiny snippets Wild. of the story through all of the different cube escapes which culminated in um, I think it was Cube Escape Paradox, which I actually just played for the first time. I realised it's the only one that I'd not played. So I played that for the first time last week. And it kind of mm. it kind of wraps up the Cube Escape side of the story. And then the Rusty Lake side kind of is slightly longer, like two, three hour sort of more full point and click puzzle games that kind of flesh out the backstory of this. And it's all... The key thing, I guess, is that it's Twin Peaks inspired. And it is truly Twin Peaks inspired. Not only <laughs> yes. in that literally it lifts character names... And, and sort of the setup <laughs> oh, really? from Twin Peaks, but it is batshit nuts as well, which is, I think, you know, it very much, it understands mm. the brief of, of David Lynch um, in that it's all, it kind of centres around, it starts off being about this woman named Laura who's been murdered, very Twin Peaks. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and a detective <laughs> yeah. called Dale who's investigating her murder. Jesus. Very, very Twin Peaks. But it sort of expands out into the history of this town called Rusty Lake, which is where Laura was living when she died, and things that have been happening for generations in Laura's family and another family from the town. And every game fills in a little bit more detail around it. And they're all enjoyable as standalone experiences, but you really have to keep up with it to start to glean the real underlying story. And I think even mm. when you know all of the stories, you're still kind of there, like, what does it really mean and what's really going on? It is a sprawling like family saga on one hand. It's also about like various different cultural and like mythological understandings of rebirth and immortality and reincarnation and that sort of thing. Um, it goes into like classical Ooh. ideas of dark magic and that sort of stuff. It's really, 
wildly complex for a series that you could play all of in like probably under 24 hours if you wanted to just bash through the entire series, you know. So Underground Blossom is the new game. It came out a couple of weeks ago at the time of recording. I think it was 27th of September it actually came out. Um, and it goes back to the story of Laura, who's not really been a focal character in the most recent games for a while because it's been going back and back through this backstory of her family. So Underground Boston returns the narrative to Laura and it's structured as a train ride, hence Underground, uh, through her life. Oh, yeah. So the various stations are stages of her life Ooh. that as the player you go through, you solve puzzles. It's the it's the very typical rusty, like, I don't say typical, like it's a bad thing, you know, like typical as in the thing we have come to know and love and enjoy of Rusty Lake doing its thing of being very surreal, sometimes quite, I was going to say gross, sometimes quite gross puzzles. There are things that are <laughs> gross in these games. <laughs> what do I mean? Sometimes quite scatological, sometimes quite, you know, quite visceral. There we go. Word. As soon as I've said the word I don't mean, I find all the words I did. There we go. <laughs> but it's it's just, I'm always, whenever a Rusty Lake game comes out, I'm always down to try another one. Um, it can be really hard mm. to keep track just because they are quite prolific. Like I say, they usually release a game every year or two. Yeah. And, you know, obviously for that reason as well, it can kind of fly under the radar, which is a real shame because I'm looking at it on Steam now. It's got overwhelmingly positive reviews. Um, I feel like it's one of those series that has its really, really adoring, like, core fan base now. Yes. Yeah. I think if there's anything to be said, it's that they're maybe not breaking into new you know, new fandoms as much because I don't know how intimidated you would be if you just saw this game and then realised it was like the freaking 17th in a series. But the thing... Oh, is it number 17? It is It's technically oh. number 17, so they released like 10 games as one bundle because of the fact that they were very short. So it's mm-hmm. like maybe game eight or nine, but yeah. Is that the Cubascape collection? Yes, yeah. So that's, there's nine in that. There's the Cubascape collection, which is nine, nine games collected together. There's Samsara Room, there's Cubascape Paradox, and then, oh my goodness, I'm not going to try and list off all of the other stand, like standalone ones because I will go mad trying to think of all the titles. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's quite, that's quite an intimidating prospect. It looks so intimidating to get into, but there are two reasons that I think people should not be intimidated if they like the sound of a very, very Twin Peaks inspired, very surreal puzzle game series with the themes well, Me, you're talking directly to me okay, right now. Okay, talking yeah, directly yeah. to Liam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is easy I talk to you all the time two yeah. reasons why you should not be intimidated to get into these one is that they are very very okay. short and very very cheap several of them are free but you okay. could own this whole series for like a tenner and you could play it in like 24 hours like I say it's not okay. it's not a huge time or money investment to get into it another reason is you can start anywhere with these games there is no beginning point and end point to this story oh, it all right. informs okay. this core story but nothing tells the story if that makes sense you learn the story through your engagement with all of the different puzzles and games. So if I played Underground Blossom... You could start with it, I'm sure. So there wouldn't be any references in that that I would get? I wouldn't be like, oh, that finally makes sense. There'll be references, but there'll be be callbacks, but they'll be call forwards. You know, these games throw things in, you you know, it's... a series about rebirth and it's a very cyclical series everything connects to everything else there's no it's a circle there's no entry point that makes more sense than any other okay and because the puzzles are so compelling and like cool and they just like you know the puzzles always stand up no matter how invested you are in the story of the series so you'll be the front of your brain is solving these puzzles and the back of your brain is absorbing the story and that's where you get into Rusty Lake. Yeah, because like I... See, I played Rusty Lake Hotel when it first came out mm. years ago and really was like, oh, it's just weird for weird sake. Like, I really didn't click with it at all. But the idea that it's now 
like it's a, like a saga of all these like like yes. little cool individual puzzle games that all kind of connect that really appeals to me so i might try to give them another go yeah. yeah i mean to be fair i have just said there's no bad point to jump in i think hotel is a i wouldn't say it's a Bad point. I actually think Hotel is a fairly good start, but it is an outlier stylistically. Interesting. Because of the fact oh, that they're right. all animals in Hotel. Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah. the question of how literal that is, is like one of the big questions in this fandom. Is like, how literal is it oh. when they're all animals? Because like everyone, or a lot of people in this series, they have an animal that they embody, they might turn into after they die, in a sense, or they might appear as that animal. But how literally are they the animals in Hotel is like a really big question. <laughs> okay. Do you know how we always say we should do an episode where we all play something that we haven't played before? Yeah. Like, I think we should we should do a big Rusty Lake. Oh, That'd be quite fun. Because they're, like they're quite piecemeal. Yeah. Rusty Lake episode. Yeah, that would yeah, be cool. Because yeah. these sound great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously really... I just... Rusty, it's one of those things that, you know... There's like a thing that's kind of in the background of your life and you forget about it for 11 months out of the year and then there's like a little update yeah. on it and then mm-hmm. you're just back in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely me with Rusty Lake. It's like just intermittently remember it exists. There's usually a new one, as I say, every every 12 months or so. And then you're like, oh, cool. And you go and have like two or three hours just just really getting invested in Rusty Lake again. Nice. Yeah. That is cool. Okay. There we go. That is a very good one. Underground Blossom. Underground Blossom. Added it to my wish list. Oh, I was like, while you're there, do you want to add the other 16 games to the I did that as well. Oh no. oh, no. At least I'm not spending too much of your money for you this time, because they are very cheap. Yeah, this one's a fiver. Yeah, and that's like one of the more expensive ones, honestly. Your second one. Yes. Yeah, still, yeah what's still next? Still representing uh, Q4 2023, Rebecca <laughs> Jones. Um, my next one is a game that is coming out, uh, I think it's a week from today at the time of recording, so that's the 19th of October, which is uh, Inescapable, No Rules, No Rescue, which is a game that I've had my eye on for at least a year. It's got to be at least a year, because I definitely wrote up about it at the start of this year as one of my most anticipated games of the year, and it's actually coming out. I actually got my uh, my review copy today, so that's exciting. Hell yeah. Nice. So, oh, this one! This yes, one. yes. Okay. Oh, so, I remember this. I'm gonna, one. I'm gonna run through this real quick because I've read some cool stuff about it since I last kind of did a little recap on it. Uh, Inescapable is one that I've been uh, really, really hyped for for ages because, uh, as listeners to a little, a little podcast called In Discovery, will already know. <laughs> you yep. invoked the name first. I am only following your lead. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounded like it was good for 15 episodes, but yeah. Do not. <laughs> Inescapable. Inescapable. We can't escape this fucking indiscovery. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. People do have read or listened to my stuff before know that I am really, really into Danganronpa. Um, it is definitely my sort of current long running hyperfixation is trying to like finish that entire series. It's huge. But. Because I'm not a, uh, I'm not, I'm not like a trailblazer for this sort of thing. I got into Danganronpa when it was having a bit of a revival in 2020, mm. and um, mm. a lot of other people also did. And now you've got a lot of games coming out that are very heavily inspired by Danganronpa. Unsurprisingly, it's been about that sort of time. Inescapable is one of them, and uh, the reason that I'm currently very excited for Inescapable, though, because when I first saw it and when I played the demo. Uh, back in June, I think it was, I was like, okay, this is this is doing the Danganronpa thing. It's like collecting characters on in a remote location, putting them into this situation where it's like it's like a killing game is the idea. So it's like um locked room murder mysteries, everyone has to kill each other as 
part mm. battle royale, part, as I say, murder mystery. The thing that Inescapable is doing, though, apparently, I read an interview with the devs a few weeks ago, it branches a lot, lot, lot more than the Danganronpa games or the Zero Escape games, the other games that have inspired it a lot, which is Ooh. an exciting prospect to me because I don't think... I don't think branching narratives are a thing that's missing from the inspiration. I would say that mm-hmm. that you know the the sort of the guy the kind of gold standard Spike Chunsoft games that inspired it are very like the narrative is very well thought out. It exists that way for a reason. I don't think it's a bad thing that it's a linear narrative, but mm. these games run off of like this big cast of characters, and you're going to have your favorite. And most characters are going to die, and that means your favorite's going to die. And there's always this part of you that is like. Wouldn't it be nice if you could change the outcome of these games? And so Inescapable's right. kind of doing that. It's it's putting a lot of different branches in. The mysteries are different. The survivors are different. There are apparently routes where nobody dies. There are routes where what? it goes into a completely different genre. Apparently, they're saying there's like a dating sim route oh, if you wow. play it just right. You know, it it kind of a does... killing game where no one dies sounds a killing game where no one dies. A killing game where everyone is just friendly and going on dates with each other sounds cool. There's like you know. That's it's quite experimental and suddenly I'm looking at it like you know this is actually doing something way more experimental with this genre than I was appreciating up until this point and obviously I've not played it yet I don't know how it's gonna work but from what I've seen about that I'm super excited to see you know how they handle that I like to see loving homages to the things that I love but I also like to see a new twist on things so very excited to see where this goes. So I'm guessing that the killing games stay the same, but your decisions and events, the people change? With I literally or... don't know. I mean, it sounds, sounds like it so would be good. incredibly yeah, complex. That's an I mean, interesting I, idea. as with right? most things where choices matter, there's got to be there's got to be a break. There's got to be a limit on it, right? But yeah, you know, I feel like I'm interested to see. One of the reasons I became a guide writer is I love taking games apart and seeing how they work, and I am intrigued to get into this not as someone who knows anything about coding i don't just as someone who is willing to play the same game six seven eight times to find out what every choice leads to very Mm. interested to see how they've constructed this one and like obviously with all of these things i have no reason to disbelieve that this is what this game does but marketing and like hype interviews you got to take with a pinch of salt like how branching can it really be but it could be quite you know visual novels can be quite quite branching so well you know i always think there's like the thing about visual novels is that they are simpler in terms of their presentation Mm. than something like a Baldur's gate 3 right right you're not using 3d models there is sort of this expectation that you were able to do more with less when it comes to sort of these kind of things, right? If mm-hmm, I did a text definitely. adventure, you could probably do more branching narratives with that, right? But I always find visual novels, I think because there's so much bespoke artwork in them, and Inescapable is the same, there's a lot of very, you know, very nice anime artwork in this. You've got to wonder, like, have they found that balance between that, right? Like, they have the opportunity to do a lot of branching things with this, mm. but they've also got a lot of, like, custom art and characters. Exactly. And... I mean, it's fully voice acted, yeah, which so even, curious. like, the Danganronpa mm. games oh, wow, aren't. Okay. And so, yeah. you know, obviously that's all, like, a voice actor's work with every branch that you do. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm just really interested to see how far this can branch. You know, it's gone from, oh, I'm excited to play this game because I love this thing and I want more things like it to I'm interested to assess this on its own merits as well as on its merits as a pastiche and homage, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kicked up a notch for yeah. me. 
On the flip side of that, though, the good thing about mysteries and detective games is that the victim is always really intertwined with motive and reason and like mm. but if mm. that can change like will yeah. that because i mean rebecca Danganronpa, right it's like those like the people that get murdered in that it is horrific because it always relates to them and the reasoning is like oh it can mm. only happen mm. to this person and yeah yeah the victim is very deliberate yeah wrenching about it you're just like how dare you he was a good boy and didn't hurt <laughs> right. anyone and <laughs> all of a sudden like, my son <laughs> literally sorry yes. i don't want to give you flashbacks there babes oh no um so that's what <laughs> i'm always having that like, flashback <laughs> you're, you're always there i'm always there anyway <laughs> so like in terms of if that aspect of each mystery changes mm. will that like uh, that's what i i'm quite keen because it sounds so good but like will the punches connect if that's the a good point keeps mi- mixing all the time i mean there's, there's that's no reason to believe it's point. like fully procedural right i'm i'm imagining it's yeah. more like you choose a path and you're on that path but i mean depending oh, on how yeah, much yeah. movement between paths there is you're right it could kind of you know as with things like danganronpa or with ace attorney which we talk about a lot it's like Mm. There's setup going back like ages and ages in both those series. You know, things will call back basically to previous yeah. games, not just to previous mm-hmm. cases, to establish yeah. why a person will suddenly behave in the way that they do. So, yeah, no, Interesting. I, I'm, I'm just really interested. I have no idea how this is going to shake out, but I'm, as I say, it's become more interesting to me because of the things that it's trying to do to kind of flip your expectations of how that genre will play out. I, I'm way more on board than I thought I was I've already added to my wish list. <laughs> you made me think a little bit there, Rachel, about Shadows of Doubt, which I think you oh. reviewed earlier this year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds a little bit like where your concerns might be stemming from, right? Is this entirely procedurally generated world where anyone can be the victim and anyone can be the perpetrator? Mm. Yeah. And obviously this is way more authored than that. Mm. But I do totally get that, you know, Dangan Romper, the story beats in that are so carefully authored to give that tension, to give that emotional impact. I'll be curious to see how this, and to be fair, it, you know, like you were saying, Rebecca, it might just be marketing spiel. We might play this and there might be three different endings, mm. which is still great, <laughs> but like, yeah, that's really interesting. Last time we spoke about this was on a very, very early episode of the other podcast <laughs> and there was only just one screenshot. Can you remember? Oh, <laughs> was that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was like <laughs> one or two screenshots. Like our second episode back in January, right? So I think it was in January. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's if come not a long last way. December. Yeah. Oh my god! So it's amazing. Yeah. It's coming out this year. So like, good for them. I'm yeah, really absolutely. To, I mean, to be honest, to, I'll, to be you know the most brutally honest, I'll be. I'll be more interested to play this, even if it's just kind of like an experiment that doesn't land. I think mm. it still justifies. Oh, I love games like, like, like yes. that. Though. Like, like oh. it, you know, take the shot. And I will, you know, yes. still be so interested to see what you do in trying to move a genre forward. 100%. We love yeah. that. Yeah. Should be our saying. Was it? Logo, <laughs> not logo. M- motto. Was it when you have Man. a motto? Motto, yeah. Do you think mission it's like statement. not beneficial that we record Ooh, podcasts at like half nine at night now? Do you think we've uh, done ourselves dirty? I, I don't know. I think that <laughs> I think that my real personality doesn't come out until about 9pm, so... <laughs> oh oh i love that <laughs> yeah i love that too different vibe exciting yeah too too tired to care really <laughs> that is a vibe though Do i you know, know what i mean yeah, that is really such is. a yeah. vibe it's yeah. like all right so just for context for our listeners the day i the ridiculous week i'm having is i'm trying to 
100% Spider-Man 2 as quickly as possible to write guides on it. That is my day-to-day. That is my day all day, every day at work at the moment. I don't know how to process how ridiculous that life is, and it leaves me very tired by the end of the day. <laughs> it's like, you can never complain. It's a good job to have, but it you can complain. just makes you feel weird by the end of the day. It makes you really... The only time I've ever done that as intensely was when I was reviewing Monster Hunter Rise's Sunbreak expansion. Oh my god, yeah. And I played like 40 hours of that game in six days. Jesus. And it like, you, I almost feel like rattled. I couldn't describe it. It almost yeah. felt like I was overstimulated all you're the time. You're overstimulated because you're doing this thing that you're meant to do for like two hours max at the end of a day, but you're doing yeah. it all day in the middle of the day and you can't stop if you want to because it's what you're being paid to yeah. do. And it's weird. And you're it's cramming a weird it in as well, right? <laughs> you're like so you're weird. like rushing through it as well. Yes. So you're not even like like soaking it in. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's a very strange yeah. experience and it's uh, it's making me want to play some indies. That's got to be sad for sure. <laughs> when it starts Good. to yeah. seep into your, your dreams. I used oh, to literally God. dream about games that I was reviewing yeah. if I was like on the crunch. Yeah, I've had that before quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. Sweats. Shall I do... A quick honourable mention then, because I was only going to do... I was only going to do two. Absolutely. But then literally, as I was on my way to start recording, something popped up on my phone about this uh, this game that looks amazing. So I'm bringing this to you... Spider-Man 2. With no context. <laughs> you are Spider-Man. Oh my God. Feel Spider-Man like 2 Spider-Man. is an indie, right? That's where I'm at. That's where my head's at this week. Spider-Man 2. <laughs> you feel like Spider-Man. Look, look, we can argue back and forth about what is and isn't an indie, but I think we should give Sony Interactive Entertainment... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god see see this is where my brain is it's weird and wrong but yeah it. anyway literally on my way here i read uh, a quick article about a demo at the current steam next fest called little goody two shoes Ooh. it is published by square enix hence my little insertion of the suggestion that we shouldn't uh oh, totally. yeah. but it is it is um you know an independent an independent developer who are being published by square enix literally all that i know about this game is that the tags on Steam, the top tags, are adventure, RPG, horror, dating sim, LGBTQ. So... Actually, if you click on the little plus, it says Rebecca Jones as a tag yeah, as well. I thought it might, somehow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, they could save a lot of space there by just putting Rebecca Jones yeah. as one tag instead yes. of all of these ones, yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a, a sort of dark fantasy. It uses the word phantasmagorical in its little snippet on Steam. Oh, hell yeah. A phantasmagorical oh. horror narrative adventure where all your decisions matter. Venture into the woods as you play Little Goody Two-Shoes. So that one's out on Halloween, but it's you can uh, play the, the demo at Next Fest at the moment. It looks really good. That's it. That's what I got. It looks like card captors. The um. Oh my god! It is style. giving that, mm. isn't it? So right, what's going on with Square Enix this year? Because they are publishing so many little things. They did Paranormal Site, which is honestly one of the best AAA games yes. that I've played this year. So good, and that was an in-house mm-hmm. one. Yeah, Paranormal Site was aces. So good. Yeah, they seem to be Damn. as a lot of big publishers are doing at the moment, kind of. Kind of diversifying, getting some indie devs on the roster, which I approve. Honestly, it's nice to see indie devs get get theirs a little bit. You know, does this mean that Power Wash Simulator we can is fair game for this? I podcast? would argue yes, and not just because oh, I've played sure. like eight I hours of so. it over the last <laughs> two weeks. In addition to all the other stuff I'm doing, I'm so obsessed, Liam. Are you played it on your Steam Deck? Yes, it's yep. so good on the yeah. It's the perfect it's Steam the Deck. Perfect it's the perfect Steam Deck game. When you've been when you've been grinding one game, playing Power Wash as like a little break is. 
Yes. Because oh, it's like I'm car matched. washing your brain. Yes, like so just, well, it yeah. Is, it's like a colouring book. It's basically one of those adult colouring books, right? But in it reverse. Is, it and is. Just... A, yes, it is. Oh. 100%. Do you reckon if someone could like screw off the top of your head and just like power wash your brain for a bit, that would feel really good? I think that would feel really good. <gasps> yes. Okay, but you know in The Night Before Christmas, I always yeah. think about this, where the scientist opens up his head and he's he has like the squishy brain. Oh, yeah. Mm, and imagine yeah. like, yeah, power washing that, like literally what you said, but like getting in all the squishy crevices. And like he takes out half oh, his brain good, and he puts it into... But I always remember that like, whenever you like, someone's like, oh yeah, just open up your, your head and like wash your brain. I'm like, that's the visuals I get of like his squishy brain inside his head. Yeah, I can see why. That's such like oh. a, yeah, an evocative visual. Squishy, squishy. I have yeah. to I have to bring us back just for a second to Little Goody Two-Shoes before we move on because um, under, is this game relevant to you on Steam? Yeah. It is similar to two games I've played apparently. Dredge, which, you know, we love Dredge around here. <laughs> and uh, House Party. So I'm going to leave <laughs> okay. you trying to ponder the connection between Dredge and House Party and how you put those together and get a horror Jesus. dating sim LGBTQ adventure RPG uh, <laughs> phantasmagorical horror narrative where all your decisions matter. Yeah, there we go. I hope it's good. It looks good. Steam is wild for... Steam just really seems like sort of... Oh, yeah. Wild. They're just... Zero Absolutely sense. surreal, the stuff it comes out with, but I love that. It's like, it's like Dredge and House Party. It's like, okay. <laughs> great if you say so it just why house party of all that i've played so many dating sims most of them on steam why house party is the one that you're like you like dating sims for example it's like I'm not going to talk about your sort of 60 combined hours in the monster prom series no we're going to talk about the two hours you spent in house party oh it, it's actually quite the, the algorithm is really powerful um it's because doja cat is in house party and little goody two shoes doja cat is in house party right i was just like trying to process the little goody two shoes thing yeah i i was trying to make a joke <laughs> I, yeah, no, I thought you were, and like that was just it's it's too half night at night for this for me <laughs> I'm not yeah, over they added that. Doja Cat to House Party. Yeah, yeah she is. And the Game Grumps. Slay. Which is honestly why I bought it. I bought it for the Grumps. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> such a first game. It's it's nuts. I mean I do actually quite I quite enjoy it. Um it's I when I was when I was younger I used to play some of the Legend Suit Larry games, like before I was old enough to question why my parents let me play Legend Suit Larry games. And <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah. Like House Party has a very similar kind of like sort of like sex comedy and it's not it's not like exactly enlightening or enlightened, but there's something like, I don't know, you see a lot of awful people kind of get what's coming to them, which I think can be the oh, satisfaction okay. in those. <laughs> Do you, would you be up for doing, I was thinking about this the other way because I was re-listening to one of our old episodes because I'm a narcissist, I guess, and hey, you were talking about Max Gentleman's well. sexy good times. You sexy two are narcissists, it's just me. Sexy business. <laughs> yeah, sexy business. Would you be up for doing, you know how you did a, a horror episode for that other podcast at one point? Where yes. you just kind of like did a deep dive in horror? Yeah. I'd love for you to do like a deep dive into like the NSFW games on Steam that are like worth playing. And yeah. The reasons as to why. Yeah, sure, I can do I that. Think I, mean, I never see anyone ever talk about that. That like would be cool. And I think it'd be really interesting. I would say that I feel like my my expertise in that is a lot less comprehensive just because no one really, like you say, no one gets together and says like, what are the good games in this Mm. Yeah, okay. in this genre like horror you know you can you can get yourself a a working knowledge of indie horror without playing yeah. every single game whereas i feel like with nsfw games it's more of a case of like you've got to figure out for yourself because no one's going to tell you which i'm sure there's a you know well, yeah, mm. yeah. I, was, I had a thought there of like yolly walking in the room me being like it's for the punk 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'd happily do that. I mean, it's like, you know. Just turn cool. around and just stare directly into her eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, having a private moment. <laughs> slowly tab out. <laughs> the game. Excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Doja Cat. Can you give me a minute? <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. I'm not familiar with the Doja Cat content, but nevertheless, I would, I would definitely. Yeah, I, I, I could do I some Doja Cat spot the arts one morning. You know what? I can already picture how I would, I would resurrect the horror compass rose. I can't remember what we called it, but yeah, you could definitely do like the same mm. concept for NSFW stuff, honestly. Okay, but it what would, would the object be though? Episode. It's not a compass, though, is it? So, Liam, what are your? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's move on. For God's sake, it's just don't, don't put me on the spot like this. <laughs> so, Rebecca has guided us towards the very end of 2024, which is when I'm now going to pick up with some indie games from December onwards that I think you should keep an eye on. Uh, the first game I want to talk about is Steam World Build. Now, Steam World is a really important indie series that we've never actually spoken about. I think mm, on a true. podcast because, like. Who who's played what out of the series? Yeah, I was just about to ask this. So, what have you two played from Steam Absolutely World? Absolutely none for me. Uh, and Steam World Dig for me, which was really fucking good. Oh, and that's the only one you've played. That's the only one I played. I think I Damn, played the second okay. one after, and I didn't like it. Uh, Steam World. I didn't dig it. <laughs> uh, not not dig two, but they released another one in the series after it. Was it Heist? Maybe. Oh, was it Heist? Oh no. So, Steam World. If you don't know is this fantastic indie series by Thunderful, um, which every game is a different genre, but it's all set within the same world where it's like a Western with steam-powered robots, where you play as these steam-powered robots. So the first game they did was a tower defense game. Then they did Steam World Dig, which was like Mr. Driller and Dig Dug, where you were mining down to get resources and then you used them to upgrade and kept getting deeper and deeper. It was really, really good fun. Mm. And then they sort of went in lots of different directions. They then made a game called SteamWorld Heist, which I think is one of the best games ever made. I oh. love SteamWorld Heist so much. It's a 2D XCOM, effectively, where you're these cowboy robots in space performing heists and doing these incredible trick shots by bouncing bullets around these 2D environments to kill these uh, enemies. It's a brilliant, brilliant game. And since then, the team have grown and now they're starting to do, uh, they're starting to give the license to other indie developers. So SteamWorld Build is by The Station. It's out on the 1st of December and this is a city builder. So as a fan of SteamWorld, I was over the moon when I found out they were making a city builder. And honestly, I played the demo in January and it felt really, really complete even then. But it kind of combines my two favourite management games together into one single game so steam will build you play it again as these uh, steam powered robots and you're on a planet that is dying or going to be destroyed and you need to try and leave it uh, go back into space uh, go into space with with all your uh, citizens so you do this by trying to excavate a, like ancient alien technology so the game takes place over two separate layers the first is on the surface where you're building cities this is a classic resource management city builder, a bit like the settlers, where you're constructing supply chains. So you might build a woodcutter that cuts down wood, then you give that to a sawmill to make saw, uh, wooden planks, and that lets you create different objects and advance your city in different ways. There is also different classes of robots, and the higher class robots require more complex resources, which means that you've got to make more complicated resource chains. So it's very classic settlers-like 
slow going, very chill, very well done as well. It looks beautiful. Very bouncy buildings, which I always like. Very nice animations. You can see clearly what buildings are what. But then the second layer is where you go underground and you dig out the earth in the same style as Dungeon Keeper, which is a game from the 90s by <laughs> Bullfrog Entertainment, which is one of the first games I ever played and I have such a soft spot for it in my heart. <laughs> so you swap between the city layer where you're building a city and then you go underground and it's a much more, I'd say it's a smaller scope of game. Instead of having thousands of robots running around, you might only have maybe 50. And what you do is, is you have to dig out tunnels to get to resource deposits. You need to build buildings by dragging them, just like Dungeon Keeper. So you've got to try and make the most out of the space. You've got to try and extract the resources. And this isn't in the demo I played, but based on trailers I've seen, eventually you'll go deeper underground and it then becomes a tower defense game as well where oh there's going to be aliens and bugs that are trying to get you. And both of these layers work in tandem. You swap between them instantly. And the resources you dig out of the ground lets you build different resource chains on the surface. And then the more you advance, lets you do more complicated things underground. And it's just so well done. Like, it's a fascinating city builder. And I've played a lot of city builders this year that just haven't done it for me, other than Against the Storm, which is probably one of my mm -hmm. favorite games of the year. I've played, uh, there's one called Pioneers of Pagonia, which oh, is yeah. by the original developers of The Settlers, which I played the demo in the next fest and I thought it was a bit mid. I think they need to do something with that. It didn't feel very engaging, but SteamWorld Build is it. So if you're after a Settlers like, if you enjoy Dungeon Keeper like I do, SteamWorld Build, you need to try this game out. It absolutely fucking rules. It looks great. It sounds like it's they're doing so a lot. Good. It sounds, yeah. I, yeah. I love those puzzle box games, especially when they're doing something like broadly um, cross genre as well. I love stuff yeah. that does that, like oh, getting very inarticulate in excitement. Because you mentioned Dungeon Keeper, and then I was like, oh, yeah, Dungeon Keeper. You're a Dungeon Keeper fan? Um, I am by proxy. Friend of the podcast, Mick, was big into Dungeon Keeper for a while. So lovely, Mick. Of course, yes. Good taste. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like sometimes you you see a game and you're like, I really want to play that. Sometimes you see a game and you're like, I know. Yeah, basically, sometimes I spend my own money, sometimes I spend his, and I'm like, you know what, you just you just enjoy this. <laughs> I'm going to watch you Mick play it. Mick is going to enjoy this a lot. Yes, yeah. This definitely. feels right up his street. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, talking across genre, that's the joy of SteamWorld. You know, every single mm. game is just so different. They did SteamWorld Quest, which was an RPG with uh, deck building mechanics, and they've almost like transformed Thunderful, the indie publisher, into like a SteamWorld house. Yeah. And they did something mm. with rebranding recently. They're doing a 3D one, I think. They're doing a full, like, third person. Well, this is the thing, though, because, like, not going to lie, when I when you first said SteamWorld Build and I looked at the game, I was like, okay, but that other, like, art design-wise, I just feel like they've just kind of lost something in that, no? It, like, the steampunk elements and, like, how it looks. Don't get me wrong, this sounds incredible, but look-wise, I honestly wouldn't even know it was these... Like the the idea came from Thunderful. Like I wouldn't recognize this as a Steam World game at all. And I wonder if, if they've lost something in the 3D visually. Everything else sounds great. <laughs> you have an excellent point. I think it's not as colorful and vibrant as those other games. The other games have such a distinct visual right? style. They are beautiful. They Gorgeous. really are. Like Heist is stunning. Uh, oh, playing the Heist on the PlayStation Vita. What an experience. Ooh. This has a little bit of that. It has cutscenes. It has fully animated cutscenes. Oh, yeah. You have characters that talk, and that's classic SteamWorld style. And oh, there okay. is little things like you can build like a ranch, and the ranch is all like mechanical cows. 
and it has a little bit of that humor and visual humor. Ah, uh, cute. But I, I do agree. I, I guess just like a game like this wouldn't fundamentally work, would it? I was about to say it wouldn't fundamentally work in a 2D engine, but I guess like SimCity all the way up to SimCity 4 was basically still 2D and that worked really mm. well. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess like, I mean, I thought you were going to say, can we class this as indie? Because they might be veering now more towards double A. And I would have been like, yeah, you've got a point there. I mean, I have no qualms. I have no qualms. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fine. Was there someone on this podcast who did have qualms with that? Was there someone who <laughs> used to like King of the Stink? Or, uh... <laughs> I, for one, I will fight for a right to discuss double A's on this me podcast. Me too. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, know, absolutely. They're cool. Either way, but join the club. Yeah. Come on in. So that is Steamworld Build. Uh, check that out. I think it looks great. That's the thing. Regardless, it sounds amazing. Like, exactly. I would, oh, it's, it's it was so just good. a thing yeah. I noticed, yeah. but like, ultimately, it does sound great. So yeah. I'm, I, I think some people who are SteamWorld fans, I think they will look at this and be disappointed. I completely agree. I think there is a visual language that's lost. Isn't that what it we were talking about earlier, nice. though? It's like, I have a massive soft spot for franchises that just so we're, that just say, we're, we're doing a different genre of game now. And yeah. we're going to, again, it's about that experimentation and not everything's going to yeah. be for everyone when you're experimental like that, but it keeps your ideas 100%. fresh. And yeah. again, I'm more interested in an experiment that doesn't necessarily work than in just yeah. seeing, you know, one hundred. Well, the track record—they've <laughs> hit every single genre they've covered has been like, hell yeah, pretty good, spot on. Yeah, I, also, I think nothing lower than an eight out of ten. Yeah. How have I never played the steam-powered robot games before? Steampunk's like the whole thing. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. I and know, right? If I was to recommend any, I think SteamWorld Dig Two is really mm. nice Ooh. and i if you do like tactics games and i, I do, do think steam world heist is Ooh. an incredible game it's a shame rachel didn't gel with it but i think maybe, i still think it's their best one maybe it was steam world dig 2 i honestly don't remember i think i i just wasn't steam world dig and so i was like well i'm yeah, not playing fair. this so maybe it was i don't remember but it was a long time ago. <laughs> I just added 50 quid's worth of SteamWorld games to my Steam cart. I meant to put them on my wish list. I'm tired. I'll buy them. <laughs> buy them. Oh, God. Well, it's, you have to do that now. <laughs> you know, they would all work, with the exception of SteamWorld Dig, uh, SteamWorld Build, sorry. All the SteamWorld games are like prime Steam Deck material. Yeah, they, they look it. Oh, wow. Tasty. Okay. Yeah. I have the next thing I'm going to get into. Nice. We should do a SteamWorld episode. That might Ooh, be fun. Oh, yeah. Always nice to line yeah, up. Yeah, I'd like that. Wait, I use warm. Oh, it's a bi bi. Yeah, fan as I'm well. really warm. It's a bi flag um, fan because it's really hot in here. I'm freezing. I'm wearing a big old dressing gown. Opposite ends of the country when you think about it. So yeah, true. Actually, it's still yeah. fairly just... warm on the south. It's 16 degrees right now outside. It's, it's just really stuck 10 o'clock at night. That's scary. I know. But I can't right. open the window because the bugs will fly in. It's like an invitation. Yeah, just excuse me. Hello, <laughs> get out! Please, I live get right... out of here. <laughs> oh, sorry. I live close enough to Gatwick Airport that you can't really have the windows open when you record in this house. So a plane will fly through the window. <laughs> it's actually not the planes; it's the traffic. We are the other direction from the planes, but the traffic is 
nonstop. Oh, oh so. yeah. A Boeing 747 will pop its snoot through the window. <laughs> that would be entertaining. If it's snoot! I probably wouldn't have much snoot. time to react before, you know, but the what's snoot. that? <laughs> what's that old SNBC comic? It's like his final thoughts go. <laughs> wow, a Boeing 747. That's really close. It's probably quite a... <laughs> quite a special one at least <laughs> i i just i didn't mean it like in a in a destroy your house way i meant it like it just like gently puts it like like oh, a horse like in a farmhouse window oh, okay, okay. yeah i didn't mean it, didn't I didn't realize mean, it, was like it smashes into your house at 400 miles an hour <laughs> the i don't in the building i'm really sorry to be like the harsh realist of the group but i don't think there is a speed at which a boeing 747 can come up to your house and it not cause yeah, damage they they taxi they can they can creep they can be very gentle like when they want kiss. to be a little yeah kiss. you ever been kissed by a boeing 747 <laughs> What am I talking what about? <laughs> Everything comes back to smooches with us. You notice that? Yeah, yes. absolutely. I do. Just a little kiss. I don't know Just what you're kiss. talking about. She says with her bi fan. Girl, you look fabulous. You look absolutely iconic. Creating a was breeze. That from the, was no, that from it. the Pride? Um, that was from one of the Pride on. events I went to. Yeah. So. Oh really? Yes. It's awesome. Do we all of us have? I have. Uh, I don't just have genuinely need to fan but myself. I have, very I have my pride stuff in my nice. Come in, plane. Yeah, oh go to Rachel. <laughs> Give me a kiss. Boeing seven four seven. I'll do this. Poop that snoot. I'll do this, and then mm. like it. <laughs> I had a Twin Peaks one somewhere. Hold on. Do you <laughs> oh yeah, here it is. Here it is. We're massively off topic. I was about to say, we're always talking about it's pride. Great. Pride at Pride. Oh god, this is fucking huge. Oh, that is huge. Oh, and that, oh this is my Lovely. Pride flag. That's gorgeous. <laughs> that's incredible. I didn't even know that they did that sort of thing for Twin Peaks. Red, Neither red, did I. Red, red Bubble Babes. Ah, oh, Red not, Bubble again. It's not official. Red <gasps> Get in the oh my door. God. Next to my well, East flag. Friend of the podcast, David Lynch, is not going to be helping. <laughs> Maybe he will. I. You can never tell with that guy. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, true. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Has he been, mm. is he's not cancelled yet i mean he hasn't been but like you've he's got to, one of the like, ones that's on the edge i'm like any day yeah. now <laughs> you <laughs> just talk, we talk, we've, we've you just sure stay in your transcendental meditation bullshit and we, do nothing please. i'm getting the biggest case of deja vu i think we've we've done this bit before we, we, we had this bit with oh that's uh, very lynchian in itself isn't it it was like, Steve Martin last week the last episode oh and yeah it was, about it Steve was. Martin. have we not yeah, talked yeah. about oh, david Lynch? i'm sure I'm sure we, we have. This. Are we at the point where we're already repeating ourselves and we haven't even been making a podcast for a year? Or are we in a time loop? <laughs> maybe. I like oh, that one more. Maybe. Yeah. That one gets my vote. Time loop. I mean, I would rather not be in like 2023 as a time loop, but sure. Yeah. With three besties stuck in a time loop. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's besties. It's not so bad. Determined to never release a podcast. <laughs> we always just are on the cusp oh of releasing a podcast. Oh, fuck no. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I have no um, idea how I'm going to cut this into anything coherent. Oh like, my God, there's some gold in here, but it's we got to practice. We got to learn how to deal with the Thursday evening energy. Yeah, yeah. and unofficially we are off the rails now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. go on. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Rachel. Sorry, can't Time see the rails Rachel. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Okay, who was next? <laughs>
Liam. Liam. I think it was me. It was Liam. Go. Um, wow. I mean, this is going to be hilarious if it's been like 15 minutes of whatever that was, and then like back into gaming <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Right. What the fuck was I talking about? Okay. So Deep Rock Survivor is the second Ooh. game I wanted to talk <laughs> yes. about. I know that. Have you played this as well, Rachel? No, I played a bit of the demo, but... Oh, this is the new one. I'm the getting confused. One. Sorry, I have played yes. the demo, but nothing else. By them. Cool. Yeah, same. So, Deep Rock Survivor, it's out early next year. It's by Fun Day Games, but it's based on a game by Ghost Ship Games called Deep Rock Galactic. That game is a... It's like a co-op, not a roguelike. It's a co-op extraction game where you're mining procedurally generated caves in space. And you're all dwarves, <laughs> like fantasy dwarves, but it's futuristic. And you've got to kill bugs. And it's brilliant. It's really, really good. I've had a lot of fun playing that game. James Archer, who we used to work with at RPS, is like obsessed with it. He's like oh, really? so good at it. And once me and Ed uh, joined him on a press um, a press preview, and James was like so good at it. And me and Ed were just like <laughs> staring at a wall like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's big ant. What's going on here? <laughs> A fun memory of mine for RPS. What they're doing is they're doing a bit of a yacht club and what yacht club do with uh, Shovel Knight where they're licensing out the Deep Rock brand to other indie studios oh, cool. to take it in different genre directions. Mm. So Deep Rock Survivor is a survivor game in the, I guess we're calling them survivor games now. It's like vampire survivors, basically. Mm, right. It's a auto, auto shooting roguelike, mm -hmm. I guess, um, where you play as a character who attacks automatically and all you can do is move them around. Uh, they level up quickly and you make decisions based on what direction you want them to go in in terms of upgrades. But it's built upon this Deep Rock brand. So all of the iconography, the character classes, the enemies, it's all there. So you're fighting the same enemies you fight in Deep Rock Galactic, these like space ants of various sizes, um, which is really nice. As a fan of Deep Rock Galactic, it's really interesting to play this or be in this universe in a completely different genre. And it really works. It fits. The, all the iconography of that game works in a survivor setting. And what makes this different to vampire survivors is it introduces the mining element from Deep Rock Galactic. So the maps that you're playing on are randomly generated and there are natural caverns for you to walk through. But then if you walk up to a wall, you can dig through it and you need to collect the resources that let you buy upgrades in between rounds. And that very small change makes it feel completely different to Vampire Survivors mm. in a really compelling way. Because unlike in Vampire Survivors where you're trying to sort of like control the spread of enemies as you progress through your 30 minute runtime, here you're trying to find resources within that map. And also you can sort of like create your own escape routes. Enemies will surround you and then you can just dig your way out of danger. Um, and it also carries over a couple of other elements from Deep Rock Galactic, like a, an escape pod turns up after you kill a certain enemy. And then you have to get to the escape pod in 30 seconds, and you might be on the other side of the map. And you need to go through, I think it's five levels before you complete a run, quote unquote. And I mean, I played this demo for 45 minutes and I wanted to keep going, but then I realized my progress wasn't going to carry over to the full game. I was immediately hooked. I think this is an absolutely fantastic survivor-like, maybe the best one I've played since Vampire Survivors. Ooh, Already mm. felt very complete, really excited for the full game. And I had a thought, because I made that Yacht Club Shovel Knight connection, I, I reckon we'll see a Shovel Knight survivor in the oh. next year. Mm. Like, that just feels like something Yacht Club will 
commission to someone or someone will pitch it to them. Like I can see that working really well. Yes. I mean, yeah. they've done a bunch mm. of other genres, right? So it makes sense yeah, they do that one next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this yeah, looks great. Survivor. Mm. It looks so polished as well. I think a bunch of the demos, yeah. sometimes you come across one that's a bit like, oh, I can see the idea, but ultimately it needs a bit of work. Yes. Like when I played the demo with this one, I was like, this game could be out like next week. <laughs> it was like so yeah. good. The polish was Absolutely. unreal. But yeah, not quite Vampire Survivors in terms of like scratching that itch, but definitely like up there with like explosions and like hordes of enemies yes. and but unlike vampire survivors like you said like you can like if you're back into a corner you can escape and i think that is also like how you handle enemy hordes and like leading them one way yes. and another it's like the manipulation of like groups of enemies feels like a lot different you have to think a lot differently it's just really yeah yeah i totally agree with you it's really good one of the best um demos at next fest for sure you are right though about it it doesn't have an like the immediacy of vampire survivors and i think that's by it being fully 3D, and mm. it, it sort of lacks a little bit of mm. like the exciting punch of Vampire Survivors. Like when you level yes. up, it's like so snappy in Vampire Survivors. Yes. In this, it's just like a weird slowdown effect when you level up. That yes. didn't, I didn't like it. I found it quite like abrasive almost. It's not as word. crunchy as Vampire Survivors. Like Vampire Survivors that, is like yes. proper crunchy. You're like munching yes. away, like, oh, this is great. But yeah, you're right. This yeah. one feels more like, I didn't, yeah, the slowdown thing does make a difference as well. It's just not as. Yeah. I don't know. Snappy and crunchy, I think, are the words <laughs> I've used. Snappy and crunchy, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Snap, crackle and pop is what these <laughs> games need to fully succeed, I think. No, but no, like if you agree. had the... I think Snap, crackle, crack, snap, crackle and pop. <laughs> snap, crackle and pop. They'd be no. good yes. vampire survivors characters. Very different. The, oh, oh my God, yeah. Three little fucked up like, Three little gnomes. fucking gremlins gnomes. Yeah, they're just like running around. That'd be great. Oh, they should add them. Yeah. And Ponkle. to this as well. Ponkle, Ponsel, go on it. Yeah. Delightful. And I do have one more. I'll be very quick about this one, but I really want to give it a shout out because I've heard no one talk about it. Can I very quickly go over it? Absolutely. Thank you. So this is a game called Gourmeka Ball. Uh, I don't know when it's out. I think it's very early in development. It's by a company called Whale Peak Games, who I did a little bit of research. I think it's their debut game. This is a roguelike where you play it as a little cat or a little cat-like creature in a mech suit. And the aim is to kill enemies and progress as long as you can until you reach a certain point, collecting resources and leveling up. It's a classic roguelike in that sense. But the difference is, is if you you stomp around, it's very, this is a very crunchy game. The feedback in this game (laughs) is exactly what I was looking for. If you crunch, crunch, looking for that very crunchy, (laughs) Liam like crunch. If you... Why is that like a mascot slogan? Like it's like Tony the Tiger S. Liam like crunch. Like you should be on the front of like the Coco Rock cereal box. If we ever, if we ever go to like an EGX as Indie Venture, we should. <laughs> I should have a sticker I put on booths that just says Liam like crunch. Me and my arms folded. <laughs> like what does this imply? Oh, very good things, my friends. Keep doing whatever you're doing. <laughs> So the, the real amazing twist of this game is that when you right-click, you turn into a pinball. Ooh. And oh, all cute. of the all of the arenas are built like pinball tables. So you can <sighs> the second you're a pinball, you move really fast. And it to kill the enemies, you've got very limited ammo, and it takes that great feature from Doom 2016, where if you bash an enemy as a ball, you get ammo. So then you've got to keep jumping between ball mode and mech mode to kill all these creatures. When you level up a little bit in between runs, you eventually unlock the ability to get more combos 
and get abilities the more combos you get. So then it's really encouraging to be super aggressive, kill enemies, be in your ball, get ammo, get that combo meter Ooh. up, 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 up all the time. And the core, the, the core idea is there and it absolutely rules. There were a couple of issues I had around things like button mapping and there was quite a few bugs. I had to quit the game entirely a few times. But the fact I kept booting it back up, mm-hmm. which is something I didn't do for a lot of games this next fest, no shade on those games. Just sometimes you're like, I'm going to give this six months to cook and I'm going to come back to it. Go make a ball. You're all sleeping on it. You're sleeping on this hit. It's got crunch, my friends. It's got that crunch. <laughs> crunch approved. <laughs> crunch approved. When you're a mech, are you kind of slow? Yep. So the idea, oh, so that like the switch between fast and slow. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And you can only have two weapons. You've got to swap between the weapons. And Ooh. you pick up weapons. One weapon's like a rubber duck that fires like <laughs> oh three. It's like a shotgun. It's oh, it looks great as well. It looks. It reminds me a lot of oh, what's the game? Describe oh, it. I've drawn a blank. It's from like ten years ago. You play it as a rabbit in a circle wheel. Rabbit wheel game. Oh god, <laughs> good, good luck with this. good oh, luck with that. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah, Wrath of the Dead Rabbit. Visually reminds me a little bit of that. I don't really want to type in dead rabbits. So I'm going to be very mm. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't, apologies, not an indie game published by Sega. Developed by, oh, it looks like a company that's went bust. That's a shame. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, we've, we've, we've had the publisher discussion. I think you can still probably. We have, true. Yeah. But yeah, hell yeah, Wrath of the Dead Rabbit was, I liked it. Oh, it oh, got. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, entered, good I, had, oh. I entered the wrong year, so I can't see the page. I'm too, I'm too young to see the Steam page oh, because I put 2017 in. Oh dear. Baby Rachel. I thought that was I. enough. I was like, surely that's enough. No. For what? Oh For what God. game? To get the hell yeah rabbit punch Oh, right on Steam? Is it on Steam? Yeah, oh, I literally amazing. just like, and there was like, what's your birthday? And I normally I just pick whatever year and I thought 2017 would be enough. Enough, that's but it's so not. funny. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm still quite young. Oh, I have that on Steam. Nice. I might have to replay nice. that. Yeah, sort of reminds me of that visually, uh, but 3D. Nice. Go make a ball. Check it out. Uh, Rachel can't play it. Uh, <laughs> too, <laughs> too young. young but... It's too <laughs> baby. The way that I just accepted that at first. And you're like, I put my year of birth in and it said I was too young. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Girl, I'm not I am, that young. I know I am the oldest here, but not by so much that it makes any functional difference. I don't know why I just accepted that. But like, it so is funny that we do refer to Rachel as the youngest when she's only like this was ten months, months younger than me. Yeah, it's <laughs> ten, it's not a lot. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, what are you on um, about? You know, I'm like wizened, two years older than you. Like. Yeah, it doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't actually make a difference. After but I'm like, 30, oh God, I'm so old. it's just oh, all, yeah. I don't, don't pay a... attention. It's just numbers. Right? Yeah. Just years. Right? I don't We're think I've had enough emotional pot. growth since age 31 to really claim any extra like life experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just, mood. it's over now. I'm just like vibing. Yeah, just coasting on, uh, on whatever I managed to achieve by age sort of like 29, basically. Yeah. That is. That is such a mood. It's over now. I'm just vibing. Yeah, I to- I relate to that so much. Yeah, actually, it's like I've given up, but I'm gonna vibe my way to the to the end of days. Honestly, but it is so freeing when you start really living is. like it that. Re- yes, it really is. Anyway, Rachel, do you want yeah. to talk about some games? Uh, yeah, sure. So my two picks are mostly based off all the demos I played from. 
this year's Steam Next Fest. Uh, played a bunch. Thought these two were the best ones. So I'm going to have Ooh. a little chat about them. The first one is um, 1000X Resist, which is by Sunset Visitor. It looks like their debut game. It's being published by Fellow Traveller. So I was like, instantly got to play this game. Like, I love all the Fellow Traveller games. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I think I like most, if not all of them. So I was like, yeah, definitely have to check this out. And yeah, this was my favorite game of Steam Next Fest. It's this kind of sci-fi thriller, but also it's kind of set in like quite a, like a distant future. Like if you kind of like like detective thrillers, but sad robots, like a melancholy vibe, or like if you like Signalis as well, like this game is very much like that. And the setting is that, hey, guess what? All of humanity is dead. <laughs> but this time it's because <laughs> an alien life form came to Earth and brought with it a disease that killed all of the humans. It wasn't on purpose. It seems like an accident. But the only one person survived, a young girl, um, because she was immune. And from that, she kind of <laughs> grew up, cloned herself and now is the ruler of a new society of cyber women who are all clones of her. And in oh. this demo, you play as one of those clones. She's called the Watcher. They don't have names. All these clones have just like job titles. But the Watcher has the ability to go back through human memories. So the idea is that she... Oh my God, the opening for this demo was so shocking. Like like less than a minute, I was like hooked immediately. There's like an open opening cinematic where two people are talking to each other and then like something wild happens. You're like, oh my God. And then you're suddenly thrown back in time. Um, so the Watcher has kind of a suspicion against Iris, this last human who cloned herself, who now is known as the All Mother, which is amazing. She has her suspicions around her. She's not quite sure she says who she is. So the demo takes place um, in one of the All Mother's uh, memories from when she was a girl in high school before humanity was wiped out so when she was like human you're exploring her memories exploring this high school setting and there's kind of like this melancholy sadness like the the school kids and teachers know that something is happening like people are getting ill people are getting sick if this is giving you a flashback to two three years ago then that's exactly the point this game is very much tapping into that time period that we all went yeah. through um yeah people are getting sick people are getting ill no one quite knows why i don't think the aliens are actually like discovered yet but yeah there's just this uneasiness so you are embodying like everyone sees you as iris but you're you're playing as the watcher and yeah you're just going around the school talking to these students who are like scared they're really uneasy they don't quite know what's going on but also the you get to know iris through these interactions as well the kind of person she was and she wasn't very nice. Like this teenager wasn't, it's kind of weird to say that teenage, as teenagers not very nice. They're still like, you know, formulating their sense of self and all that. But there's just this uneasiness in that about the kind of person she was when she was a teenager and then who she became as all mother. And yeah, it's just, the concept is fucking great. This detective like mystery hook is really fucking good. So there's like multiple memories and you can jump between them. So in one memory, if a teacher is standing in front of a, a, a detention room and is like, you can't enter this detention room, you can flick through different memories so that when it's not blocked, enter the room, flick back to the memory, and then you're in the room, like the, the detention room. So there's like a bit of puzzliness to it. 
But ultimately, the thing that is great is the story. The story here is so strong. Like, I just, I'm in love with it. Like, this sci-fi thriller is so shocking. It's thrilling. The ending was so interesting. There's definitely pandemic ties to it, but also this is made by, like, a Chinese studio and the two... So Iris is Chinese and there's like a storyline with that. And it's just like, it's just really great. It's so fucking good. And it was like, it blew me out of the water. And I was like, oh my God, I need to tell everyone about this game. So yeah, um, 1000X Resist is a... Well, that was... I cannot wait. (laughs) Insta wish list for me. That looks so good. I feel like you two will love it. Honestly, it's so good. I have to ask you as well, Liam. I feel like I saw on your face... Well, Rachel was describing that the moment where you started thinking about Goodbye Volcano High, which <laughs> is a game that we all played fairly recently. And um, yeah. yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I wondered if you uh, yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. It's like making eye contact with you through Discord. Like, yeah, yeah. we we had the same thought at the same moment. I think which which bit I was waffling. Which bit the um the the bit about the the part in high school where everyone oh, starts mm. to realize something's going wrong it's like obviously again i feel like we discussed it maybe in the last episode where it's like you feel like goodbye volcano high was also responding to those you know mm-hmm. very pandemic era if you want to call it that themes of you know of just that growing unease and being like a young person and not really being able to do anything about it and um yeah but yeah everything mm-hmm. about this game looks so good. Uh, it's kind of given me it um, looks incredible. a game I haven't finished, but I do intend to go back to one is Haven. It's kind of given me Haven vibes in the presentation. Ooh. You know, the very sort of let me see, sort of like three D, oh. quite stylized sci-fi um, with a kind of oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got the very. I yes. think it's because like all mother and like hive is the thing in Haven. I think, and so it's kind of got that you know recognizably like human characters, but they're not living in like a human society that we'd recognize. So it's kind of got that that going yes. for it as nice well. Way of putting it. But, yeah, you have yes. me at like future sci-fi thriller detective game with yeah, with all oh, the like, women cast. So good. Yes, looks so definitely going to be queer. Definitely, these te- like the teenage storyline is um, like kind of hints maybe at like her preference and is like mm, okay, I'm here. And there's the fact as well that it's it's got underneath the page I'm looking at. It's got the fellow traveler other games flashing up, and it's just like. Genesis Noir, Pale Beyond, Paradise Killer, Beacon Pie, Citizen Sleeper, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're just hit after hit after hit. Yeah, fellow uh, traveler publisher. Yeah. So yeah, this looks like it's in incredibly good hands as well. They know their shit. I feel yeah. like they really, really do. They come up with like because Pale Beyond was earlier this year, so maybe they publish like maybe two games a year because mm. Citizen Sleeper was last year, and Beacon Pines mm. was also last year. So it's like they really. Speci- you can just tell they specifically choose like projects to work on and like yeah. each one has like a such a interesting point of view yeah i love yeah. what they curate it so i need to to play more of their stuff because i always check out a little bit of something they've curated and go straight to the top yeah. of my wish list and then i have no time but i need to make the time because it looks so good yeah i agree i've only ever played paradise killer from what they've done i can't believe i hadn't heard of this this looks incredible I, same i was like where did this come from where this is being- too much all my life. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I there, there's a line just the there's a line in that steam page there that just like is so evocative. It's the idea that these ancient giant aliens approach earth and they're not hostile but they still kill mm. all humans. Mm, yes. It's just like what a incredible yeah. idea. Mm. Just, yeah, they're like, called these, the occupants. Like, like they literally just yeah. like they're just in the space. They're just there. Yeah. They don't even yeah, need to just, do anything. That's, 
a horrifying concept, but... Do you yeah. ever think, like, this is probably really tangential and, like, 11 o'clock at night thoughts, but do you never think that that's, like, the most likely way that you would encounter aliens is just by stuff that doesn't mm. really understand you and you don't really understand and, like... Oh, 100%. Fucking yeah, each other out like, for that, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be, like, beyond comprehension, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what I always... Like, that, that cosmic dread that's yeah. present here. Yeah, yeah I sure. love Excellent. that. Excellent. Like, oh, man. What yeah. a recommendation. Like, this podcast is always at its best <laughs> when I'm sat here like, fuck, I'm glad I'm the first to hear that. Because, like, <laughs> amazing. It's like, just like the story as well. Like, it is just so inherently interesting. Like, I think this yeah. idea in sci-fi that, you know, humanity dies, I'm over it. Um, mm. I think stories are inherently interesting when, like, humanity survives something. But this one, I was like, nah, this make like... This yeah. individual and like yes. her character uh, and exploring that through different times of her life and like what if she isn't who she says she is like what did happen like what happened to Earth it's like ah oh, so interesting so it's giving me like soma vibes as well because it's kind of asking that question yes. like what is the survival mm. of humanity you know yes. what counts as human survival if it's just one person cloned over and over again or if it's like you know digitized copies of the human consciousness like well this is all, these are all like con- her consciousness as well like these are yeah. all like part of her and it's oh, like, that's, like yeah person. that's intriguing so they all kind of start from the same like yeah. beginning there's voice acting in here the voice acting is Ooh. fantastic like it, there's like a there's one section which i think needs a bit more ironing out and sometimes um, when you go back in time, there are like these quite abstract moments where Watcher is like you. You're kind of like flying through the air, connecting to different points, but you're small in like a giant. It could be like a giant classroom that's like the chairs and desks are floating upwards, and you're like as a small person like navigate. Like it's really abstract, and I I don't quite understand those bits, but it's still really cool like the, the vibe is like okay it's not taking me out i'm into it but also like that's the only bit that sticks out for me but in terms of like a banger of a game this is pretty much it's pretty much mm. there it's pretty much yeah uh, i think it's got us all on yeah. board which is always i think it's nice that we yeah. we have a, a fairly decent diversity of taste but whenever we all agree on something it's yeah. like oh yeah there's something yeah very Absolutely. cool here enthusiastic agreement from all three of us that this looks really fucking cool the opening the opening is i'm gonna have to i'm, I'm gonna download I'm it gonna oh, play no, i have too many games to play actually yeah i'm gonna wait until it comes out and i'm gonna experience it on a mongo because i think i'm Ooh. gonna see it all in yes in because one. we talked about yeah. sometimes where demos can i, I like that yep. that's Just a good excuse thinking. to not rush to do this as well as all the other yeah. games then maybe don't play this year yeah maybe don't yeah god Damn so, yes. it. Cool. So that good. was my <laughs> so that was my first one. Um mm. my second yep. one is um Another Crab's Treasure, which is by Agro yes. Crab. We nice. talked about going under before on the podcast, the other one. Did we all kind of we all digged the idea? I played it and thought it was great. Did you guys play it? Or like we all were just it was a cool I idea. Did uh, not play it. I I played it, yeah. I really uh, liked it. I thought it was really good. So I feel like with agro crab they kind of take these genres that are known for being one thing and then they kind of make a game that goes against everything that would either make that genre kind of frustrating or kind of finicky or annoying so in going under their previous game it was a dungeon crawler where you <laughs> played as a intern navigating the like <laughs> the basements of dead tech startups and it was very satirical it was mm, very funny yeah I but ultimately that, this yeah. I, this dungeon crawl roguelike a fuck 
not my genre at all like unless you're like Hades level of like changing the genre I'm not really good with roguelikes especially like dungeon crawlers but like yeah it was a really solid game and they've done the same again here with another crab's treasure they've taken the souls like something that I feel like a lot of people who aren't into Souls likes, if they see something as a Souls like, it's like not a game for me because yep. they're difficult, mm-hmm. they're they're hard to grasp the controls. If you know, if you're not into FromSoft, then essentially like <laughs> that is kind of a genre that is not really yep. for you. But yep. AgroCraft have been like, hold up a minute, game should be for everyone. So they've made yeah another crab's treasure, which is where you play as a very cute tiny mascot, uh, this crab called Krill who's exploring an ocean that is kind of um, polluted with trash and uh, cigarette butts and crisp packets and all this. And they're on an adventure to try and like clean up the ocean. So kind of like the Souls-like format, combat is tough as nails. Um, It's also super tight though. You don't feel like anything's unfair. Like every hit, every dodge like counts. Like the combat is very tight. And in the demo, it was, this is another demo that was extremely polished. Um, Mm. So yeah. I played, booted up the demo. The visually, it looks amazing. Like I love like games that are set underwater. Like mm-hmm. it was awesome. You know, took on the first couple of enemies. Yeah, okay, I get it's difficult. Got to the first boss and got absolutely wiped, like completely and utterly. <laughs> Tried a couple of times. I was like, whatever. The thing about this game is the the accessibility settings are like really in depth, and that includes difficulty settings. So ultimately, you can change things like. Um, nice. And it's not it's not even like you're immune. It's because I, I don't want to be immune. I want the challenge, but also I just want it to be like catered for my level of frustration yeah. Yeah, or like hot headedness. Yeah, so there's different levels that there's different like settings where you can like decide how many hits you want to take, decide how tough your how many hits you can take as well as hitting other people. But, you know, if you did want the option to one-shot kill everyone, they've included (laughs) the option to basically deck Krill out with a gun. And you can (laughs) one-shot kill enemies. Oh, I saw some screenshots of this. I remember. Yes. So the idea as well is that you're picking up trash to use as, like, part of your, like, defense to buff up like your your defense you're you're picking up trash um when one when you take a certain number of hits you can pick up a tin can and wear the tin can and then it gets smashed after a certain number of hits then you can pick up a bottle top and a plastic cup or whatever like i think there was a lego brick at one point which is very cute but yeah if you're like i love this game this game looks great i like the enemies design like i like exploring you can literally just give krill a gun and just go to town and not have to worry about combat at all and Agro Crab are really cool about that. They're like, yeah, you play our game how you see you comfortable. And I really appreciate that. So yeah, the, the demo was great. Mm. I had such a good time. Yeah, it was... I'm really looking forward to this game because of those settings. Like there have been, you know, from a couple of FromSoft games, which I can't... I, God damn it. I wish I could play Bloodborne as like a fly or like just like the camera mode where you can just explore that right. game because oh, god damn it same. i don't have the patience to fucking <laughs> dodge and weave this boss for like an hour i do not i can't do it i I'm can't do it i'm never gonna do right it. right there with you rachel i am right there with you thanks babe have i told you what i'm doing this year is a mate of mine is coming over mine every other week and i yeah. just watch him play bloodborne <gasps> so I'm the just story's like, so cool as well yeah, yeah it's like the world is everything about it's amazing but yeah i'm just right? I'm, I'm with you rachel yeah. it's like i could 
I could become good at FromSoft games. Such a good idea. At the expense of never playing another video game, and I'm just not willing to make that sacrifice. Exactly. Well, that's where I'm at as well. But I like, need a I want to be watch. involved. Yeah. So every, yeah, just borrow my friend James. He absolutely loves these games so much. He just sits there and he he just like does the bosses in one hit. So you get to see the boss in its full form. And then he'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, that was like this god. And this is what the lore <gasps> dump is for this character. <laughs> so cool. And I'm like, great. All right. See you in two weeks. We'll do another hour. Like Amazing. But yeah, I, I know that like it's one of these like games industry discourse like beats that <laughs> yep. like, keeps getting hit. Like of, oh, should they have like accessibility settings? And like the answer is yes. Like, I just, I just think they should, because if you want it to be really hard, you play it really hard. Right. Yeah. No one wants to take away the difficulty. It just, it lets more people enjoy it. Right. And I'm, I'm so happy that Agro Crab are doing that for this because I do really want to play this, but I don't want to play a Souls-like. So if I can tailor that to my experience, that's fantastic. Right. It's like, I like easy mode, like immunity settings or just difficulty yeah. settings in general. If I'm not reviewing it or writing about it in any sort of critical capacity, you know I'm whopping that difficulty setting all the way down and just having a good right? time because right. like that's my decision. Like, yeah, fair enough. If you're reviewing a game, you need to review it on like normal settings or yeah, you know, go for it. If you want to put it on like hell mode, Ugh, everything is in hell and it's really difficult, like absolutely go for it and just have a great time but for me nah girl and yeah. i'm gonna be wandering around as a little crab dude i'm gonna be scuttling along like oh, it's, it's gonna be fun it looks like a fun game because of that absolutely i mean it's definitely about like how people's relationships with gaming is different right mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to because like i said before it's like you can be really really good at soulsborn souls like soulsborns whatever we call them now yeah it's very late yeah i'm quite tired um and <laughs> you can do that but like that is kind of like i don't know anyone who who has that as their niche and mm. gets to do everything mm -hmm. else they want to do like i feel like the yeah, three of us right. have this thing in common <laughs> where we all kind of want to play a huge variety of games and i think that there's not a huge mm -hmm. amount of compatibility between that and being really really into i mean some people would just be like great at souls likes i guess fair sure. play to you well, yeah but yeah for me i'm just like i it's a genre that i'm like i'm just not gonna touch that because i i know yeah. it's a time sink that i just don't and like i don't know if there'll be a reward at the end of it i haven't tested my own skills enough to know where the kind of line actually is for me and i'm okay yeah. with that i'm okay with that trade-off of not knowing like i get no particular <laughs> satisfaction from mechanical success in video games and if you do that's great and i'm not saying that's a anything yeah. against you it's just not how i enjoy the medium yeah so yeah no in in conclusion yes accessibility in these games fantastic sounds cool i'm not gonna get good for anyone <laughs> right no. i'm gonna stay <laughs> get good just because you tell me to <laughs> i'm gonna be <laughs> shit at combat and that just deal with it yeah I sam I yep i'm terrible at games i'm so bad at games i play most <laughs> of them on easy i have no qualms yeah, with saying that like same and i have a great time you know, we were saying about mottos earlier. I do think the motto for this podcast is probably sometimes it just ain't for you, and that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's so many. You can't play all the games. You can't do it. So no. you might as well get a good idea of what you do and don't like. And honestly, the moment when I realise I don't like something is always a little bit liberating because it's like, oh, thank goodness, it's like I can be glad it exists. <laughs> yeah. Very happy for the people yeah. who enjoy it. But the moment I can put something down and go, not for me, actually, quite wonderful in its way. 
Oh, it's glorious. I completely <laughs> It agree. helps as well when there's so many good indies coming out, which are doing these genre-breaking things. Yep. Like, wow, yes. this, this, this genre is now accessible oh, to me. And you're like, oh, sure, God, but yeah. that's more games to play. But it's, it's good as well because I always <laughs> feel like... Beautiful indies. You can look at something and you can go... You know, I I will go if I ever decide to play a Souls like I will probably play this game now because I know that it exists yeah. and it's got that kind of mm. like twist on the genre and that's very cool. And sometimes you want to, you know, you want to drill down, and you want to know everything about a genre, and you want to go into every possible like side story and little indie project and and everything up to the big AAAs. And sometimes you're like, I just want a little test, I just want a little taster, I just want to mm-hmm. try one game and really love it and go, I've done it now. So. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. It's a nice way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Shawls, out sometime like, 2024. Is that anything? Huh? 2024. I, <laughs> ignore me. <laughs> it was not, <laughs> not worth it as a joke. <laughs> I said shawls like. Is that anything? <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> it's out 2024 to just <laughs> Move on. Don't perceive me. <laughs> you should shout. You should shout it next time. Be perceived. <laughs> Cut you out in the edit so it looks really cool. <laughs> volume up on the pun you made but like so it's kind of like crackling the volume <laughs> shows like, I wonder if I could, oh, maybe it'd be quite a funny bit because like naturally because we record these over the internet sometimes we do like step on each other it's just what happens uh, but maybe i should like boost the audio of one person so it looks like just like one of us is really rude and like one of us just shouts over the other person i do sometimes think it's like we're very lucky that you are a very very nice person because you hold so much power to make us look Yeah, you awful. do. Like, <laughs> twats. You can make us look absolute twats. Have, have we, is that it? Have we, we spoke about the games? Yes, I think games? that's a very good roundup of games. <laughs> oh nice. man, I'm st- I've still got 1000x Resist up on screen. I'm just like gazing at it. I'm- so do mm. I. <laughs> we are not a competitive enough podcast to declare like the winner of the episode. Slight shade on the other <laughs> podcast I appear on. I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. But actually, yeah, go check out um, VG Twenty Four Seven's Best Games Ever podcast, which I also appear on. If you want to see a podcast where things get randomly won, we don't do that here. But I think if there was a winner this episode, it would have to be One Thousand X Resist. I'm sorry, they've got in my head. Oh no! Another sticker on the booth. You've won. Yeah, but there can be as many winners as we want. That's the delightful part of being a well, little bit more free and easy with it. It's a bit like Valve, isn't it? Like, yeah, we're saying it's a flat hierarchy, but really, Rachel's won. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. The, the person doesn't win, the game wins. I think that's how we keep it friendly. No, I think we should here. reward I mean... individuals. Uh... <laughs> this is now a competitive podcast. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Queer robots win again. I mean, fair. Right. You know Bizarre. what, actually, another thought I had when I saw it was this kind of looks like if Detroit Become Human was handled, I don't know what to say because I I did enjoy it, but it was not well handled. So, like, mm. that's that's the most diplomatic way of describing the themes of I that mean, game I, I think I've I ever did. heard. That's kind, of my, that's kind of my relationship with with all those games is I enjoy them. I genuinely enjoy them. They were not handled by a good audio. Yeah, and they would you know Girl, my my one of that is Heavy Rain. I. Fucking love oh, heavy man. rain, but I also fucking hate heavy rain. I mean, it's. Do you so, know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I think <sighs> everyone who has ever loved heavy rain knows what you mean. I know heavy rain's my one as well. Nam yeah. and Jaden, I loved him. 
Did, is, <laughs> Heavy Rain's the one where it was all French actors FBI. that didn't yes. speak English Nitty as their yes. yes. yeah. The, like the, the oh, leads man, were all British, God. I think, and every side actor was French doing American accents. Uh, so Yeah. Um. You know that game uses a lot of music from Fortnite. <laughs> really? Does That's it? That's what I realised the last time I played Heavy Rain. A few years ago, it was like on PlayStation Plus and Yoli and I started it. And there's like a bunch of like... I, I guess when Fortnite first started, it was using a lot of like copyright free or music from a library that Heavy Rain also used. Oh, no way. <laughs> so it's got like revelation the- <laughs> after revelation. Um, but yeah, genuinely, it gave me that kind of vibe, but I feel like takes it a bit further. Doesn't play it quite as oddly safe. And I like that about it, you know? Yeah. Did you, did you um, think of Detroit because I said hot queer robots? <laughs> yes. Because I mean that if if look detective like partner relationships are always like can be read uh, that way yeah and I've seen right. enough yeah. Ao3 of those two to just the titles though I would never read I'm a Christian woman and I would never read <laughs> in general I would never read <laughs> I had someone else tell me the titles to avoid accidentally ever reading uh, Connor X Hank fanfic of Detroit Become Human. I never read. <laughs> yeah. I simply don't read. Yeah, I simply <laughs> forgot how to read. <laughs> Can't read. <laughs> Staring at an old screen. I love screen. the idea. I love the idea that you know it's Connor X Brown, but you can't read, but you know. <laughs> you yeah. know. You're like, I still know why. Why do I still know? Do you know in Black Mirror where they can like block real people oh, and like go like really blurry? Like if you had like a uh, really weird block in your brain, like a brain, a cyberpunk level brain chip oh that mean you could never read. Oh my David god! Oh my Cage god! Though, but then fanfic. one one fanfic they spell Connor wrong, and then it gets through the block and you read it oh and god. you love it. Like it spells Connor with one N or th- instead of two or something, uh, with an and you're like E instead of an O. Yes, oh, yeah. okay, and then yeah, it gets through the block and you're like. I love this ship and you're obsessed with the ship and then you like trying to hack yourself to try and get rid of the block. That's a game. Should we, should we, do you know how we said we'd make a game yes. this year? We're like, oh, we'll make a game at some point. Should that be yeah, the game? That's it. That's the pitch. It's about Absolutely. trying to... Trying to One of the endings is someone power washes the chip out of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Now we can talk about our outro, which is our hyperfixations. Who... Would like to go first. I'll go first. I'll be quick. Shock. Liam read a book. Um, oh, God, oh, Liam. I'm actually, if it's another sad book, I can't. <laughs> Rachel I can't. has her hands over her eyes right now. This is, <laughs> so you might not know this, Rebecca. The book I recommended in the last episode, uh, Rachel read in the time it's taken I, us to record the yes. second episode. Uh, oh. Lonely Castle in the Mirror. And I, I got some amazing messages from you when I was in Spain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cannot. She was look okay. at us. <laughs> Whatever Liam <laughs> has done. You Rachel won't look at us now. I recommend a lot of sad books. And like a lot of them, I'm like, it's too sad for me. But there was something yeah. about this one because I like, like worlds that are like only like certain people can access you know like kind of like mm. um, annihilation or something or whatever so i was like oh i'll give mm. this one a read emotionally devastating emotionally it's so sad i'm oh, like gosh, i never yeah. cry over books and i was like i didn't cry but i was tearing up and the literal visceral reaction rebecca i think you'd also really like it i i think it's so oh, you good. Love it, rebecca. i have been meaning to yeah. check it out i forgot the title but obviously i'll listen to the episode soon and i'll get it from there. Remind me of it though. But oh, yeah, when one of us edits it, you will. <laughs> Tell us what this other book is. Oh, I can't. So 
I read I read this book. It's quite short, about 200 pages. It's called The Odyssey by Laura Williams. She wrote another book called Supper Club, which I haven't read, but I think Supper Club like got Ooh. quite a bit of traction when it came out a few years ago. Um, so what I'll say is on the front of this book, it has a quote by, I think, Cosmopolitan that says, wickedly funny. It's not funny. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a funny book at all. Oh, no. oh my this God. Is a book, this, this is like... I can't stop thinking about it. It's one of these books where you look online and people either love it or hate it. And these mm. are always my favorite books. I've discussed Ooh. this before. It's it's not funny. I think it's quite sad. But in that very specific way that unusual and unsettling books can be. It's about a woman called Ingrid who works on a cruise liner. And she's worked on it for five years. And she's worked on it for so long that she's barely ever left the ship for that that amount of time. And she gets enlisted in a program by the ship's captain, which is this really exclusive program, almost like a bit of like a cult that certain mm. members of the ship get selected to uh, attend. And that sort of is the basis of the book is Ingrid is going to this club with the captain, David, I think he's called. And then it just kind of spirals from there. And when I say spirals, I mean it spirals. It's quite quietly disturbing in a in an addictive way it's ingrid is not a quote-unquote good person but she's one of my favorite characters in terms of just how much i didn't enjoy spending time with her and how <laughs> i thought that was a real testament to the writer it, it it's just about like how this cruise ship has corrupted everyone's minds by how long they've been on it and it's also this it's it's maybe the best representation of extreme disassociation i think i've ever read because they just live their whole lives on this cruise ship and they get reassigned to a different job every six weeks so she's in a gift shop then she's a manicurist or she works in a pizza place or she's a lifeguard even though she can't swim and <laughs> when she it, it's split into two separate types of chapter land and sea and she's only on land for maybe like 30 pages in the whole book and just the way that hits her by being on land when she's been on this cruise ship for so long is absolutely phenomenal i don't think many people will like this book i'm just gonna say that straight away but it's 200 pages might be less than 200 pages <gasps> i read it in a day and a half yolly read it in a day and a half as well i think and both of us really enjoyed it the odyssey by laura williams check it out oh. a bonkers little read that i can't recommend enough it does sound really interesting it's giving me um have you seen triangle of sadness no. Ooh, nope. Which is, I think it came out last year. It's a movie um, about, again, it's about a cruise ship. It's about um, the lives of various people on this on this cruise ship. Very similar. I don't want to say oh. too much because I don't want to give like the twist away. But it again, it has the sort of like commentary on the things that extreme wealth have done to the people on the ship and the people who are kind of employed to serve them. That sounds great. I've heard a few people say that this was the one to watch over Glass Onion last year, if you wanted so, like. Yeah, I've heard it as um, the menu Glass Onion and Triangle of Sadness as the Eat the Rich trilogy. Is yeah, the I think you've said that to me before. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I need to watch and that. And I've seen all of them and they are all very good. So, I mean, to be fair, nice. Glass Onion, probably the weakest, but I love Knives Out, so that's oh, I did not like yeah, I didn't mind Glass Onion. Onion. I liked it, I just didn't love it. Uh, fair. I was yeah, like, I nah. <laughs> I was like this all the way through. I was like, no. Oh, I went to see, uh, <laughs> speaking of things like that, I went to see Haunting in Venice the other day. Oh my God, me too. Yes. Oh, yeah. What did you think? 
It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think uh, Murder on the Orient Express is still the best one. Yeah, but 100%. I think Haunting 100%. in Venice, at least as good as Death on the Nile, maybe a little bit better. I watched uh, Murder on the Orient Express the other week based mm-hmm. on how you two oh. spoke about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fucking terrible. <laughs> Fair but enough. he's so he's kind of cute though <laughs> oh no he's the best part of it he is well, he there is we go. you just gotta look at but him and be like <laughs> i thought the rest of it was some of the worst like use of cgi i've seen in a movie mm, that's in yeah. cgi <laughs> <laughs> they, um, Where? They, they, they switch up looking at that mustache a lot in death on the nile it looks way more like i think death on the nile it might be the weakest narrative but the way they did the effects looks a lot better because they didn't try to make it look as real, if that makes fair. sense. That's fair. See, I can see yeah. I can see why you like it. I can. Mm. And like as an Agatha Christie fan, I you know, this incredible high budget adaptation oh, yeah. is really exciting. I totally get that. Just it yeah. I can wasn't under- for me. I Olivia Coleman, why- how dare you? <laughs> Dame Judy Dench, oh, how dare you? Yeah, I'm sorry, but Dame Judy Dench doing a terrible accent, and Olivia <laughs> Coleman is barely used in that movie. Well, it's that like, was, what a yes. waste she of just switched. It was right before, yeah. that was right before Olivia Coleman got famous, like, internationally, so she was yeah, kind of the, uh, the she outsider was British away. comedian. Like, I'll see it, I'll see it. Dame Judy Dench, a better performance in Cats than in that movie. I have not seen Cats. Do not Cats, Liam, be reasonable, be reasonable. Cats, no. Cats, Liam. no. It's ten past eleven. This is my take. How dare you bring cats to this podcast? How dare you? You didn't need to do that. I, I enjoyed watching that movie for the wrong reasons, but I enjoyed it more than Murder on the Orient Express. Anyway, before we all fall, out, oh god, <laughs> this is not happening. Else have a hyper oh no, my hyperfixation is your mad movie takes. <laughs> cats, Liam. Be serious. Be serious. It was terrible, but enjoyably terrible. It was. I mean, I never saw it. I've just seen video essays about it. I've, I've, oh, you I've seen cats vic- vicariously through other people's takes. I'm too scared. The cockroaches alone. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I can't. Yeah, but I you cannot. get Idris Elba going, McCaffrey. When she unzips the cat suit. The cat uh, unzips the suit. It's fucking dire. But like getting a bit drunk with a bunch of pals and watching that, one of my highlights of 2021. So No, it's fair. It's just when you see Dame Judy Tench, you're going to have to tell her that take. She'll punch you. I will. When I meet her. You have to see her reach. Yeah. I mean, Mm. I'm I'm a short, I'm I'm quite short as well. So we're the same height, aren't we? We are all more or less of a height, are we which I'm always height? really surprised at when we get together. I, and I there was like an it. audio glitch there. I don't know what happened there. Um, does anyone else We're have all a six foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six. Was it? Well, that's when you mean boy math. When you're everyone's six foot. <laughs> boy math be, be mathing. So based on this episode, you're a six foot baby. Is that what we're... <laughs> six foot we're six. I mean... Born to, yeah, born 2017. I mean... Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Rebecca, what's your Hello, favorite? oh my God. <laughs> um, I sort of have been busy with stuff and forgot to have a hyperfixation. Um, but there is one that I have had 
in in the sort of back pocket all year for Ooh. when I wanted to talk about something um, that's more generally of interest. And actually, I think it is going to be is going to be coming up for me soon. So I don't know if this will make it into the edit, but we discussed briefly earlier that I am on my own this weekend, something which doesn't happen an awful lot. So I've decided that full control of the big TV means I'm going to be doing my best to know Life Ghostwire Tokyo, which I'm still trying 100% on the mm. PS5. I nice. love Ghostwire Tokyo. Really, really love it. Have, um, haven't finished the story yet still after all this time, but I am, oh, I'm saving all those ghosts. I'm saving every single ghost. You're saving them all. Yeah. We're, we're all, they're all getting in my little paper thing and then going in the phone. Yes, it would, it's happening. Hell I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to platinum this game. commitment. And another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up just because it's, it's on my mind is something that pairs very well with Ghostwire Tokyo and it came up again recently is I don't know if either of you've watched Alice in Borderland on Netflix. I haven't, oh, but I keep being recommended it. It's mm, me good. Too. It's it's not amazing, but it is very, very good fun. And they okay. just announced they're getting a season three, which was kind of up in the air because season two ended in a way that was such as like, it could be the end, but they teased a bit of a further story. And I personally was mm. like, it was an okay ending, but I was like, I would much prefer that they continue it. And I'm surprised okay. because Netflix doesn't tend to put much shelf life into its series these days but I'm very happy that's going to be series 3 and I was like thinking about it I was like, if there's nothing I really want to watch on TV at the moment like this weekend I'm going to play some Ghostwire but I don't know what I want to watch and I was like mm. I could just re-watch some Alice in Borderland and like totally make my weekend themed around the idea basically everyone in Tokyo has disappeared like I don't know why that <laughs> idea oh, yeah. compels me so much but I, I just everyone in a city has disappeared it's such a cool story and they love to set that sort of thing in Tokyo so Mm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm getting back into an old hyperfixation. I'm like pre-hyperfixating on this idea that that's yes. going to be what I theme my weekend around. What is it? I actually don't know what it's about. So it's like these three guys who are just kind of like ordinary lads who live in Tokyo. Um, they're goofing around at the Shibuya Crossing, which is obviously yeah. fun because it's a big location in the game Ghostwire Tokyo as well, which is why it's yeah. often. Mm. Paired in my mind, I think. Um, so they're, they're like goofing around. They accidentally cause like a bit of a prang between two cars. Security guards start chasing them. So they run into like the, the terminal building at the train station. They like go and hide in this supply closet. And like some stuff goes off at some point with noises and whatever. And they come out and like everyone's disappeared. Oh, like, that's, a good, that's a good setup. Okay. It's such a good setup. And they're like, they're just hanging around. They're like, what, what, are, you know, what do we do? So they just sort of start going around the city they keep coming back to Shibuya Crossing waiting to see if anyone else turns mm-hmm. up and then stuff starts flashing up on the screens around you know the big high rise buildings in the area being like go to this location the games are going to begin or something along those lines mm. and it goes a lot of places from there it that's like I don't want to okay. say too much more because I it's yeah I think you probably if you check it out at all, you'll you'll spot that another thing that I'm really into, it might have come up before on the podcast, I can't remember, is Alice in Wonderland. It is broadly Alice in Wonderland themed. Mm-hmm. So they're taking part in all of these. Again, it's it's a it's a deadly game thing again, which again, another one of my things. It's just an intersection of my interests, basically. But they're all sort of like deck of card themed <laughs> deadly games that these people end up in. It goes some absolutely bonkers places, but it's just very it's a it's good fun, you know? It's not like mm-hmm. the most revelatory. It's not like the greatest high art experience you'll ever have, but it's solidly good fun for two seasons. Like a and thriller. Of, yeah, like a thriller, yeah. a really good thriller. And a third one coming out like 
Probably not soon, but it's in production now, which is exciting. Okay, nice. So, yeah, that's a very yeah. good hyperfixation. My plan for the weekend. <laughs> that sounds like such a good yes. Yeah, yeah. have Enjoy an amazing that. time. Yeah, <laughs> I intend to. Send Thank us you. updates. <laughs> <laughs> I may oh, or may yeah. not. Yeah, probably not gonna get even on the G-rated drug that is Monster Energy Drink. To be honest, because nah, you should definitely <laughs> do it. It'll kill me. It just take little sips. Me. Just take it slow. <laughs> yeah don't down it in an hour like i did on this very podcast well not this very oh, podcast yeah. but you know what i mean a very podcast <laughs> a very podcast a very podcast the other podcast <laughs> rachel what is your hyperfixation? <laughs> my hyperfixation my hyperfixation is castlevania nocturne which is Ooh. another season of the castlevania netflix uh animation which is based off the games not played the games but i'm really into the animation i saw the first three seasons really enjoyed it it's come back in a different timeline, new characters, some returning ones. And yeah, I'm just having a great time. I've not finished it yet, but the animation looks amazing. I feel like I'm not sure what animation studio this is, but they're so good. Like when you when you like come up with an, an idea for animation and someone's like, oh yeah, so spellcasters and um a guy that uses a whip. And you like, <laughs> how do you even begin to kind of like map out how these this battle focused stories with a whip and spell casting like the animation is ridiculous it is so good and it's just as good if not even better in nocturne and my husband alucard hasn't shown up yet but i'm just <laughs> waiting for him Fingers because crossed. he's he's had a redesign to make him look more like in the games and like, I'm just so ready. I've seen like one, a little like TikTok teaser and he's just looking so good. My feminine prince. He's just, yeah, iconic. He hasn't turned up yet. I really hope it's not just like at the last episode and he just like comes in at the end really quick and it's like, wait for season two. Cause I just, I just need Alucard. I need more of him. He was such a good character in like the, uh, I'm not sure how the game handles his character, but in terms of like, the characters in like the first Castlevania seasons, they were it's just really interesting and like Dracula's kind of backstory. The first episode deals with him and like why he like actually hates humanity and all that, which is like really sad, but also like this is great. Just hot vampires, do you know what I mean? So I do that. know and what also, you mean. Also, also it's hot girl vampires as well. Not you know, there's someone for everyone, ladies. Like they are honestly so iconic. The outfits they wear. Okay, this is set in the in like the French Revolution, but these ladies do not hold back. They are killing with style, like not just like sucking blood out of people. Like they honestly, <laughs> the outfits are so fucking good. And like literally in season three of Castlevania, there was like four like head vampire like um vampire girlies, and they were like so iconic. And I I just it's so great. And I feel like last last couple of seasons the diversity was a bit off i guess it's because they were like well it's in this time period but that did not stop them for this one that like the cast is more diverse there's more like different characters like i'm just i'm really enjoying it and like i don't think it's as good as maybe some of the other seasons but it's going okay it's going okay i'm just waiting i'm just waiting until he shows up because i'm just then it'll be <laughs> the, the best one because he will he will guys he looks so good just he looks just like he does in Dawn of Sorrow. That's great. That's I think they because they were like, oh, we'll take more inspiration from from yeah, the games, the and in the design. game he's really pale and like like more yeah. white than he is in the other in the other series, and like his hair's different, and he's like his eyes are snatched, like he's proper got like I don't know what he's got like lashes and eyeliner on. He looks incredible. He's, he's like pretty. I would say he's like he's pretty so as a character pretty. design. Yeah. <laughs> 
he's very pretty yeah. and so there's lots of pretty people in this anime um that are just yeah great so i'm enjoying I need that to, i need to watch this i i love the games and i've just never watched the anime so you I give it a go that. like i feel uh, like yeah the animation and the fight scenes are like unbelievably good they are so mm. fucking it is intense a good looking show yeah, yeah, it really I is. Need to get, I need gorgeous. to get caught up, but it's, yeah. I watched the first yes. season on Netflix. All <gasps> uh, mm. oh, right, okay. Yeah, I've never, yes. again, like, like Rachel, I've never played the games, but I watched the first season on Netflix. Always meant to go back to it. Still need to. Um, I just remember all the memes about Alucard being shirtless and crying. Yeah, like, there's a lot. He cries a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Soft boy. Yeah. <laughs> I need, need to know Soft nothing boy. else. <laughs> <laughs> the same team that did the cyberpunk anime? Is it just like a Netflix anime team or is it different? I don't themes? think so. Just because the, the style is different. I'm not, but it could be. Right, Let's have a okay. quick look. So I've got the Wikipedia page up here for Nocturne. They are animated. DR movie. Oh, production. Powerhouse Animation Studios. I'm going to click on them. Uh, no, it's Studio Trigger that did the Cyberpunk one. Oh, Fair Trigger a, a big. They're a Japanese um, studio. They do a lot of like oh, they did kill impressive kill anime. And... Cool. Wasn't for me, to... but I appreciate the animation. <laughs> kill a kill. <laughs> I want to see Edge Runners though. Apparently it's really good. Yeah, well, like I might talk about this in an upcoming episode, but I've been playing a little bit of that there Cyberpunk. And... Oh, have you now? I think it might actually be good. <laughs> <gasps> Finally! Have you got to Phantom Liberty The day has come. I haven't yet, but like, I'm just having a great time. I'm playing as female V, which is definitely the right way to play that game. We'll talk oh, about yeah. this in a later episode. Jeremy Lee. Yeah, like, we should. For we sure. Should. For life. I want to romance Carrie, but I don't want to not hear Jeremy Lee's take on the V character. So I'm in a, I'm in a bind. <laughs> we'll save our, we'll definitely save it for another episode then. Do some, yeah, sure. that might be my hyperfixation next episode. But yeah, yes. absolutely. Indie Smash, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> 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 I just, yeah, the, the conversation tends towards that. I was like about to ask a question about Baldur's Gate 3 and then I was like, no, we can't. It's like nearly half 11 at night. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly do think though, like stuff can be cut. Like we don't need everything. But which is so interesting <laughs> and funny and likable. <laughs> I know we just can't help it. I know we're just we're just so good at podcasting. We're just giving we're just all this away really for free. Good. Right? We can't help it. We're just this blessed. Is, this is such value for money for you listeners. Yeah, we're not even being. We used to be paid to do this. Now we're yeah. doing it for free. You could chuck us a book. Maybe there'll be a way to pay us eventually, but not yet. This is a treat. This is your little treat, listener. You get real close to the microphone. This is oh for you. This is a big treat. <laughs> Do we have an outro? Um, Not yet. I, okay. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Indie Venture. More welcome. Uh, I think we decided that yep. the first episode and the second episode, potentially the third one, are going to be out relatively close. And then we're going to yep. pick up more of a structure. So yeah, tune in, please. We're going to be talking about more indie games. We're kind of gearing up towards the end of the year now. So we're definitely going to be thinking about like our favorite games of 2023 and what we're looking forward to in 2024. So if you want to hear those opinions, then definitely like, what is it? Subscribe? Where are we, where are we putting these? Just, what do just, you do? You, like, follow us. Like, follow. I, I assume subscribe to us on the podcast application yes. of your choice. And honestly, like right now Please. in these early days, like we're, we're kicking this off on our own back. We're doing this on our own. Like share it rate us five stars on all of the platforms if you enjoyed Please. it like i Thank like you. i said on the other podcast yeah. if you didn't like it if you're thinking if you're considering four stars and below just just walk away it's okay <laughs> just it's fine you don't want to know five stars we don't yeah we don't want to yeah. know 
We can be your souls like of podcasts. It's okay. We can. It's okay. okay. This don't have to be for you. It's okay. <laughs> Open an email. Type in everything your fe- feelings, emotions, thoughts, and then delete the email because we don't want it. <laughs> we don't want it. Four stars and lower. Um, five stars, okay. But five stars, yeah. five stars, brilliant. All I five stars. people understand my tone of humour. Jesus, oh, God. God. <laughs> if this is the first episode they've listened to, they'll be like, wow, these are really full of themselves. This is like an in-joke to an in-joke to another podcast. Oh, it's a God. reference to a podcast we don't even an own anymore. <laughs> I swear, I'm not a dick. I'm not a dick. Oh, One star. God. That Rachel I, told me to get fucked and I didn't find it very nice. <laughs> Well, I did tell people, listeners, if they romanced Shane to get therapy, wasn't it? In one episode of was it Shane or Haley? Oh, it was probably Haley. Oh, it was Shane. Either one. Either one. It was Shane because that's how I found out my sister was listening to the podcast because she texted me and just said, "I romance Shane every time." The thing that I choose to remember from that episode is that Christopher Judge. Christopher Judge had a, a standing invitation to guest on the pod whenever he wanted, and I would like to continue that into yes. oh, yeah. Indie Venture. Christopher Judge, touch Chris. Christopher Judge yeah. if you're listening, just whatever you want to chat about, it would just be lovely to have you on the podcast. So, I mean, it mm. would be a three-hour podcast at that point. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I would, Chris, and we, you're still welcome. Yeah, it would be the best three hours. <laughs> just him as well. We would just... Oh yeah, I just let him talk. I let you know. I'll let you finish whatever you want to say, Christopher Judge. You can you can get to the end of that speech. He does two and a half hours about meeting Corey Barlog, and then one of us is like, "So have you ever played like uh, Hollow Knight? Or <laughs> <laughs> have you ever played um, uh, House Party?" <laughs> let us tell you, Chris. Listen, I don't want to interrupt you, Chris, but are you familiar with the works of Doja Cat? <laughs> Yeah, rate us five stars. We'll have a proper. We've got email addresses and stuff. We'll we'll do it. Yeah, we're, we're fine. Nothing. You know, but, just yeah, keep we'll listening there. as well. I think that's the... all that matters. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. It means a lot. <laughs> hey, folks. Rachel with the outro here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Indie Venture is a podcast created, hosted, edited, and produced by Rebecca Jones, Liam Richardson, and me, Rachel Watts. For more information, search Indie Venture Podcast on your social media platform of choice. You can get in touch by sending your questions, comments and feedback to contact at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. You can support the show by rating us five stars and leaving a lovely review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast provider you use. And please let your friends, family, pets, basically everyone know about all the good times you've had listening to us because that would be great. Some of the games we talk about on the show may have been provided to us for free for review consideration. So if you are a developer, publisher or PR looking to get in touch, you can email us at hello at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. Thanks again for listening and see you in two weeks. Bye for now.